0: Hey, folks, it's Joe. Before we start this episode, I just wanted to say that we had recorded this episode Monday night before Leland and I had learned of the tragic passing of Lauren Burnett. Our thoughts are with her family, her friends and teammates and the JMU student body at large. Here's this week's episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. Jack Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae.
1: Joe, it's good to be back. Thanks for holding down the fort with Patrick last week. Thanks a lot for Patrick sitting in my chair, keeping it warm. He did great for for us, and you guys argued in a little different direction than you and I do, which was great. But despite the grand performance by Patrick, the best thing I saw this week was Tyler Zombro back on the mound for the Durham Bulls, and, uh, obviously I'm not the only one that thinks that's one of the greatest things they saw this week across baseball. This story has been trending because, uh, sadly everybody can remember that terrible video from a year ago when he got, uh, the ball hit back at him and for him just to even be on the mound again, just shows heroic courage, uh, you know, just to, to have that in you that you can go back out there and face that, uh, and, and the, the fear that Lies in every picture every day. And he's had about the, the worst thing happen to you and uh, still come back to get on the mound. It was just great to see. And I'm so happy that the national media has picked it up and ran with it and uh, really appreciate the opposing team and everybody in the stands standing up and clapping for like, it's just the bigger than baseball moment of it. And we, we talked a lot on this podcast about, you know, baseball and things that are bigger than baseball and how, you know, baseball treats it. And then, you know, some of the, you know, stuff that happens within baseball that uh, really shines a light on things bigger than baseball. And uh, this was one of those. And I was just really glad to see Tyler back on the mound.
0: Yes, I, I totally agree with you, Lee And This is one of those moments that, uh, as you said, shows just the incredible determination that Tyler has, um, because to have a head injury like that in, I mean, we're talking a year to be back yeah. on the mound is is just shocking to me. Um, but I'm I'm happy to see it, and, I, you know, I wish him the best in his career. And obviously, you know, the local area has a lot of connections with him, but especially because sure. he was with the Stanton Braves and um, in the Valley Baseball in League. In high school. In high school. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm, yeah, I mean, he got to come back as a college kid, too, so it's not just the high school years they saw yeah. him, and then he disappears. Yeah. He comes back to pitch in the Valley. And so this whole, like, 81 corridor that the Valley Baseball League was at the time has some kind of connection and remembers him. Sure. And now you get to see him pitch uh, in Durham again. He's back with the Bulls. And as you said, it, it's trending all over Twitter, all over baseball, not just of people in this area and um, people just wishing him the best. And, and obviously, um, I, I just hope he continues success. And uh, even though he's a Tampa Bay Ray or a member of the Tampa Bay Rays organization, um, I hope he does amazing, even if it means striking out some Orioles occasionally. Um, so just the <laughs> yeah, continued, uh, sure. yeah. continued recovery for him and what was a, a truly tragic and horrific injury, uh, but so happy to see him back and, and ready to go.
1: It's yeah. coming all the way back. So awesome. So really happy about that and uh, hopefully uh, keep on having good updates from him uh, as he gets more mound visits and more time uh, in his appearances. So that will be great. But out on the high school fields this past week, soccer kind of took, um, the the spotlight for the week there was plenty of good to talk about on the on the diamonds but the boys soccer game that we've been talking about since day one of the season they finally got to face off stanton storm versus the green hornets of wilson and wilson wins three to two they take that game and it was a really good game uh from what i understand wasn't at it but i I knew some people that were at it and they said it was a good tight game and and Stanton had a, a, a good amount of momentum, I think, even though it was, you know, a tied game or a tight game. Um, but then one of their great players there, uh, Ch- Charles O'Tooney, he got hurt, and then Wilson, you know, you, you play the game. I mean, that's what happens, and, and they got the win. They, they got the go-ahead goal, and they got the win, and uh, you can't just put it all on an injury. Uh, Wilson's in that game to begin with. Um, but that, that's a big piece for Stanton the rest of the way, if that's a, a piece they're going to be missing. Um, and, and it gives Wilson the, the heads up there um, in class three C uh, coming from the Shenandoah district. Now we did see Wilson fall to Spotswood last week too, which is not a great indicator for uh, the region, but beaten Stanton's a big piece of this Shenandoah district business and also confidence building. And uh, I believe that Spotswood game was right behind the Stanton game. So I, I there could have been a little bit of flying high there. So we'll have to see there, but a great, win by Wilson. I don't want to, you know, overshadow that with anything else. That was the game of the year, circled it right at the beginning of the season, and, and Wilson comes out with the victory.
0: Yes, uh, we had talked about that going into last week and how crucial that was, because you're looking at it and you're like, okay, is Stanton or Wilson going to take the upper hand in not only the race for the shandua district, but as you said, that region 3C seeding. Now, Wilson loses this Spotswood, which not great, but for that, but they beat Stanton and that helps them with getting a higher seed in that region. That's what they're going to need if they want to get into the region championship and have a chance to get into the state tournament again. So for them to take down Stanton, which has become an amazing rivalry the past few years uh, in soccer on the boys side, for them to get that win is crucial. Now they've got the return Leg coming up, that's going to be huge, and it's just a question. I think it's of, like
1: the second week of May.
0: Yeah, it's just uh, going to be a question of yep. can they win at what would be? I believe that one's at Stanton, so that one would be as equal uh, in terms of the just sheer monumental occasion that that one's going to be, especially if Stanton doesn't lose another match, which we're not expecting in the district, and Wilson keeps their undefeated run in the district going, which is also expected.
1: Fort is hanging around right there behind them. Uh, you know, because of the one loss, they're kind of hanging around in the stand-ins right there at them. You know, I would still put both Stanton staying ahead of that, mm-hmm. of what you'd expect Fort to be, but um, Fort is hanging around there. And then there's the rest of the district. But over the girls' side, there was a huge game, same night, and it was Waynesboro going to Fort Defiance and shutting out the Indians, getting the 1-0 victory and now are in first place on the girls' side of the soccer stand-ins for the Shenandoah district, and a great win for Waynesboro. I mean, they've started out great, 7-1 and one on the season, but that 5-0 and in-district sitting next to that, just absolutely great. You know, that's this is their Wilson or Waynesboro's best spring sport uh, because all the rest of the stand-ins there on down the ranking. So great for them, big win, uh, shutting out Fort at, on their own, Home field, really impressive. Um, you know, uh, the Kate Ledford got the goal, and uh, that was the Indians' first loss of the season. So, you know, that was a home game that Fort expected to win, even with a solid record of Waynesboro coming in. And, and Waynesboro takes it, and that's just credit to uh, their coach there, Eli Moore, getting them ready, getting them in there, not not letting them be scared of what Fort Defiance has been traditionally and continues to be. Uh and, and gets the big win. That's a great win for the little Giants.
0: Well, and you know, again, last week Patrick and I talked about the boys' side was Wilson Stanton, but this girls' soccer match was as big, if not, in my opinion, bigger, because I had kind of seen Wilson Stanton, that's what we're used to. But we weren't really expecting Fort to have a challenger this year on the girls' side. We were kind of expecting Fort to be that top of the class and then see who. How the rest yeah, of the I mean, district they, shakes they
1: out. They had the, the girl, the, right. the returning player of the year. They had her back. They have a and, list of players that and were so all district.
0: So for Waynesboro to come in, have the start they're having, and then go to Fort, like you said, get that win, that was awesome. I'm so happy yeah. for Waynesboro. And you said it's their best spring sport. I think it's going to be their best sport, period, when we're done talking about the Shenandoah district this year. Uh, when you think about it, winter, they didn't have a lot going on.
1: Those cross country teams did well.
0: <laughs> okay. But a lot of they that's did. individual. But a lot of that is individual. This is I guess I'm talking team. Team sport. Okay. As
1: a team, they did well.
0: Yeah. I just I'm it's hard for me to view. And I know there's team aspects to that, but it's hard for me to view boys cross country second. and tennis to a certain extent and, and all that as anything other than an individual Considering sports. Considering
1: pretty much every other sport they finish like sixth or seventh. I I I will, I, I want to mention cross country because they have a second and third finish up there okay so I was, well I was, I will then my the point YAC will stand Andy.
0: if they win the she <laughs> into a district that is their best sport this year so thank you
1: yeah it would be and so that's a great way to go on the opposing field get that win and uh set themselves up for the rest of the way so we'll, we'll watch for that rematch there'll be other good soccer games coming up uh but uh definitely want to watch for that rematch on the girls side on The diamond will hit baseball first. We had some big matchups there and what, what we got was a huge week for Buffalo gap. That was a lot of discussions I had today, you know, around the water cooler at work was how good a week gap had at baseball. Uh, They got the three wins. I believe last week they beat Waynesboro and then they beat Fort uh, or the Riverheads later in the week. And then the makeup game from Tuesday, they played Saturday against Fort defiance. They got the win there too. So, a huge week for Buffalo Gap. Josh Wenger hasn't playing very well. Ten and three overall. They started out well, but here in the district, starting out four and one and beating the good teams. So really a great week for Buffalo Gap. Draft also picked up a big victory over Riverheads, three to two, and that was kind of the, the story here as we go into this coming week where Riverheads kind of has a lot to play for because they had a bad week last week. They lose to Stewart's draft. They lose to Buffalo gap now close games. But when you pair that with them already losing to Fort defiance, you know, they're one and three in the district. That's not at all what they expected to be after starting eight. 0 on the season. And so now they kind of need to rebound here. If they want a shot at this district. Now we all know there's no district tournament and you know, the regular seasonal end and everybody will get dumped into their different regions. But it's going to be important for Riverheads to to find some positive here and to be kind of in the mix of those top teams. Because I think if you have another bad week right now, you're not in the mix at all, and there's no really coming back from that. Because even wins down the stretch, you're just you're too many wins behind. You already have the three losses in the district, and you're, you're not going to be able to overcome that. So they, they play Wilson twice this week. That's what's huge. They play Waynesboro at the beginning of the week, and then they play, uh, I think, at Riverheads. Mm-hmm. No, at Wilson on Thursday, and then at – Riverheads on Friday those two teams facing each other so that's that's going to tell the story this week you know two wins by Wilson gets rid of Riverheads two wins by Riverheads puts them right in the middle of the conversation now a split you know then it you're kind of where you started but at least at least you get one um if you're Riverhead so it's going to be interesting I think Wilson's very tough that pitching staff that we've seen uh particularly last year but also at moments this year they've they've been dominant um just not every game dominant, like I really kind of thought they would be this season. So um, Riverhead's going to have to take advantage of every opportunity they get in those two games uh, to try to pull out one, if not two, victories.
0: I'm going to stand by what I said last week. Riverhead's is out. I said the loser of that uh, Riverhead's draft game was going to be, can forget about being the top team in the Shenandoah district. Riverhead's can forget about it. Barring a sweep of Wilson, they're done. That's the yeah, only thing that I, I gets think, them back I in the conversation. That's, that's and I don't I'm I I think, think they're going to do it, is, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. And it's not that's, because I don't think Riverheads is good. I think Wilson is. I think Wilson's great. I, I think they are a fantastic baseball team. I look at Buffalo Gap and what they did this week. Buffalo Gap is going to have a very fun 1B tournament. I mean, they look – I think they're the new number one seed there, so they are yeah. in prime position to get into a state playoff in Class 1. And, man, Buffalo Gap has been really impressive this year. Um, I, I said early in the year when they were off to that hot start, okay, let's see what happens when they get the a district. Let's see if they can keep they're that short. running. And they have, absolutely. Going 3-0 and this week against some good teams was really, really huge. For draft, they're still in the conversation. You know, I, I think uh, with see, only the thing. one loss. What you're but... saying
1: right there is kind of my thing is the reason I'm not saying Riverheads is done right now is because they do have these two games this week and they have their opportunity. And I still think Draft is going to knock off some more team. Like, I just think this top group is going to still knock each other off here. And so I think that's what leaves Riverheads with a chance this week to have the door open. Now they got to take care of their business. There's no more, you know, oh, we only lost by one. We only lost two. There's no more of that. You've got to win these games. And uh, so, like, after this week, I think you can probably tell the story of Riverheads of if they're in it or not. Um, but it's going to take two wins for to, to keep them in it. Uh, they're done. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so we watch Wilson and Riverheads this week. Thursday, Friday, that's that's the thing to watch in the district. Uh Gap will have a couple uh, they only have one game against draft. So um, you know, a little tough there. Wilson, their other game other than Riverheads this week is Sport Defiant. So yeah, they're not having the season that you thought they'd have, uh, but still very capable. So um man, this district's just good in baseball this year. Uh we did see Stanton, uh I hadn't update their record but they did get a win tonight, their second on the season. Uh, they won 19 to nothing over Bath County. So uh, hopefully that woke up their bats and hope for Coach Loss that they've got it going now. Um, so a lot of fun there. On the high school softball scene, Fort Defiance just continues to roll. They were 3-0 and last week. Uh, I believe they won two district games last week. And uh, they're going to have to face Stewart's draft. I think that does come up um, – not this week, but next week. I think there's a makeup coming up too. So there's, there's that's going to be the biggest matchup for the rest of the softball season is what Fort Defiance, who we expected to be good, against Stewart's draft who we're a little surprised they're actually still sitting undefeated in the district. See if they're able to take off Fort Defiance. I don't think it's happening. I, you know, I'm sure I won't be as confident that it won't happen as you are, but I, right. that'll be the matchup to watch because, you know, can, can you get a loss on Fort's record? You know, and this is a team. They did lose one last year. Um, that was in the late spring last year or whatever it was last year. Um mm-hmm. they did lose one district game last year. So I think that's the district's hope is just to find someone that can beat them one time. And can that be Stuart Streff this year?
0: Yeah, maybe. Um I, I don't think that I don't think it will. Yeah, I, think, I don't think it will. I think Fort's gonna go undefeated in the district. I think they're gonna be yep. rolling right into the region tournament. Um and that's not, I mean, you just, yeah, that's not me saying that I – again, it's kind of the same deal with Riverheads and Wilson. I'm not saying that Stewart's Draft isn't a good softball team and they don't deserve to be on the same diamond. I'm just saying Fort Defiance is really excellent, and Lillian Berry is a like fantastic athlete, and it's just really hard to beat what Fort Defiance has and the experience Fort Defiance has, which is something that Stewart's Draft is just – we're not – they don't have that experience at being the top team in the district that Fort defiance has and what that feels like. And so I just don't see them being able to knock off Fort defiance. I do think Stewart draft has a great opportunity to make some noise in that region to be, maybe Maybe, even be one of the two teams that comes out of that region into the state would not be shocked at all for that. But I do think this is Fort defiance district to run. And for Fort defiance, it's just how deep can they go?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I didn't, I missed if they play Brookville. I know the baseball team plays Brookville this week. I should have looked that up for softball. Um, But seeing where Fort can place in 3C will be interesting. Uh, But Rustburg is that just perennial softball powerhouse that's who've knocked off Fort last year. I think it was a no-hitter that took Fort Defiance out last year from Rustburg, a pitcher that was going to go on to play at uh, UVA in the ACC. So, you know, that's, that's what they have ahead of them. Um, but, yeah, the district's still trying to make their noise against them. In the meantime, the big games to watch this week, uh, because last week Fort beat Gap in the big game we had circled. Uh, big games this week, Wilson at Fort on Tuesday and Gap at Stewart's Draft on Tuesday. And, that's again, that's just cycling the stand-ins here uh, behind Fort Defiance. But everybody's going to have their opportunity. All right, let's move it up a level and go to some college stuff. We keep talking about the diamond sports at Virginia Tech because combined, they are the highest ranked softball baseball combination in the nation. Now, Virginia Tech baseball ranked seventh, and that is behind the number two ranked softball team, who is sitting at 36 and 6, 15 and 2 in the district. So, just both those teams playing so well. Both of them have won five in a row, both of them swept. Their opponents this weekend, softball sweep in Louisville, Virginia Tech baseball sweep in Boston College, including a game at Fenway Park on Saturday night, which uh, I know you watched some of, I watched the mm-hmm. ending of, and uh, they're both rolling. Uh, they, uh, the highlight win, though, uh, for both these teams this past week was Virginia Tech going down to Tennessee in the middle of the week and getting a big win against the Volunteers. That's a SEC-ranked team down there. And, and that's what people keep questioning about Virginia Tech, even though they're ranked so high. Hey, are they going to be able to hang with these top SEC teams? Them going beating Tennessee is an example of, yes, they're here. And, and it's gotten to the point where I expect them to be playing in Omaha. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just to that point where, like, I'll be disappointed if they're not. I mean, they're going to host uh, some regional games and probably a super regional and all that. Um, but I'm, I'm to the point where they're favored and I'll be pretty disappointed if they don't make it that far. Cause they are really good and they're backing it up every single time they put to the test.
0: I think the softball's in Oklahoma city. Yeah. Baseball's in Omaha. My bad. Yep. I just, yeah. For correction. Yeah. But I just, guys I
1: switched them. Yeah.
0: That well, being, I want said, the baseball team that being said baseball That's team probably talking. could get to <laughs> Omaha too. Yeah. That, I was going to say that being said, the baseball team is really good. Um, they, they had a great, Series uh, against Boston College, getting the sweep, including the win Saturday night at the ALS Awareness Game uh, at Fenway Park, which I'm was sure cool was just awesome for there. those kids. Yeah, um, but going back to softball for just a minute, yeah, I mean they're torching people. I mean they are good. This is a team that when you watch, and they're 15 and two in the conference, and they're probably not going to you know run the table in the postseason. They're going to have, it's double elimination oh, yeah. in those tournaments. They're probably going to lose a game somewhere. Sure. But when it happens, I'll still be surprised and be like, oh, wow. Okay. But just because they're, they've been that kind of good. Um, and for the baseball team, I don't know if they're going to, I don't think they have what it takes to win at all, but I do think they have what it takes to get to Omaha. And I do think they have what it takes to win the ACC tournament when that comes around. There, there's a lot of teams in the ACC that are really good. UVA, despite having a little bit of a bumpy ACC run so far, still a good baseball team. Miami, good baseball team. Florida State, good baseball team. And the list goes on. Um, so I, I will say, I feel a lot more confident in softball, cruising through the ACC tournament than I do baseball, but Virginia Tech is having a heck of a run. And I saw someone on Twitter post, and then I was like, I guess I just don't know the fall sport that you're talking about. But when they said, we've actually been really dominant all year in athletics we have a dominant program in each window and i was like i i don't know the fall sport he's talking about um women's basketball and men's basketball have good runs yes baseball and we softball have are having wrestlers. good runs I, but yeah, but wrestling is winter I, I don't know if he's including football as one of the dominant programs it hasn't yeah. been for a while if if that's what he's doing i Virginia Tech hasn't been dominant in a while. That's Virginia Tech fans wanting to still believe we're a football school. We're not. Maybe Brent Pry can get us back there, but we're not.
1: Football Football school, we just suck. (laughs) It might be what (laughs) the
0: fans care about the most, but that's not what you're good at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. Like, we're – you don't, like, not become a football school, like, any kind of short period of time, like –
0: like we, we're still football. As soon as football, it's been a decade again, since Virginia Tech has been relevant. About everything
1: else, like, yeah, but it's been a decade since Virginia
0: basketball. Tech has been relevant in football. So you're not a football school. Yeah, Maybe that's what you care about, football. but you're not good at we're it. Still
1: a football school. No, we're still a football no. School. no. If
0: you're not good at it, you can't be a football school. If you're not good it's at it, you what can't be that. Cares
1: about the most. Like what? Then what are you basing it all? For? It's
0: like saying Baltimore's a baseball city. No, it's not. The Orioles aren't good.
1: They're a football city. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I just, having lived in Blacksburg, I I just, football
0: dominates. Yeah, but they were good when you lived in Blacksburg. That's the difference. They haven't been good since then.
1: I still know, like, no one's traveling in for anything else other than football games. Like, it's, it's. And I guess this is
0: just the definition, like, what we're defining is different.
1: different. When, When Clutcliffe was at Duke coaching some decent football at Duke when, you know, they're beating us. Like, what, they went to some bowl game stuff. So did it all like no? They're still a basketball school. Yeah, because their basketball be
0: program's still in the top five yeah, in the country, football. Leland. Yeah, but their basketball program's still a top five team in the country. So yeah, that makes sense. When I say you're not a football school, I mean you're not good enough to be a football school. That's not what you. We that's not like, what you're good soil, at.
1: Soil judgment school. That's what we if are. Right
0: I'm now. talking about what you're good at in terms of, that's we're what kind of school you judgment. are. We, we are not good at football.
1: We're a soil judgment school. That's what
0: we are. Yes, maybe. That's fair. We're just
1: ag school, like always.
0: I, I, do think really- you can say, I do think you can say the soccer program has been good more years than not recently. The basketball program is ta- making yeah, a turn. Yeah, but like a
1: 1,500 people show up to watch that. Like, we're not a soccer school.
0: No, but I'm saying the basketball program is taking a turn. Softball, right? this is two years in a row now for them. Like, you can start to say, okay, I'm, I'm starting to see how it's a baseball school. I'm starting to see how it's a softball school. I'm starting to see how it's a basketball school. It's not a football school. The football program has sucked for over a decade, has not been relevant. And yes, that is in part due to the uh, blind fan base that defended Justin Fuente for so long and just put up with mediocrity. That's what happens. You turn into Wake Forest football program when, when you embrace that and celebrate it and have podcasts that do nothing but praise and make excuses for a clown being in charge of a program. That's what happens. That's why you can't celebrate mediocrity. That's why you have to be relevant and demand to be relevant. Sorry you caught yeah. a strafe, Wente, but I mean,
1: we, we do suck at football. I acknowledge that. Um, so the other thing I wanted to mention that, Oh no, our baseball plays at UVA this weekend. So that's big. That's a big mm-hmm. series. Um, you know, if we're a top 10 baseball team like we are, uh, we need to prove it this weekend at number 11 UVA and win two of those three games. That's, that's the black and white of it. We got to go be successful Uh, We're ranked higher. We got to go over there and win. They did just,
0: yeah, they did just release a new poll and UVA is higher. They, they did put them back ahead of Virginia tech on D one baseball.com. Now I don't know what poll you're looking at. Another ranking. Yeah. There's a release. There's a thousand different polls and we, I've had to deal with that calling college baseball. In fact, on Tuesday when UVA played VCU, depending on which poll decided if they were number eight or number 11. And we used baseball America's poll, which had UVA number eight at the time. Um, so,
1: uh, so you brought it up and I was going to bring it up later, but you brought it up. You're sitting there mm-hmm. and I don't do play by play. Do you have something in your head of like if this guy gets a home run here, here's my line. Nope. If if like you just in the moment lost into the night. Yep. That's awesome.
0: Felt right. I I and if you listen, I mean, people who listen, I don't I almost never use the same one twice. Like it's just a different thing each time. It's because it's just yeah. like that's what pops in my head to to say, when I'm watching it. And
1: I just wonder, like, as the game's closing down, you're like, oh, it's, you know, it's getting to be late night here. You know, like, um, lost in the, oh, that's a cool, you know, just something going through your head like that. I just was wondering.
0: Yeah, I mean, those kind of things do kind of run through my head. Like, it's extra innings, it's getting later. And I think we had said, you know, we're in the 10 o'clock hour uh, going into the ninth inning or maybe it was the 10th inning. Um, And so that, there are stuff that happens in the game that kind of, you know, gets filed in the back of my head and maybe comes up during a home run. Um, but like Tyler Locklear hits a home run against St. Joe's yesterday and yeah. one it's daytime. So it would make no sense for me to say it's lost in the night, but <laughs> you know, I just said when he hit it, I was like, man, that thing got punished. And so that's going on in my head. And what the call was is Tyler Locklear punishes that to center field. And you're not going to see that again. Yeah, because like, the ball is just flying over the hitter's eye. And who knows where that thing ended up? But
1: <laughs> Boulevard, yeah, somewhere. help
0: somebody if they were in the parking lot, <laughs> because call 911 because they're unconscious. Like,
1: well, if if any of our listeners have missed it, Twitter, I, I, we shared it on Twitter plenty of uh, a VCU had that game winner last. What was a Tuesday against UVA? It was. That was a good game. Yeah, it was a good game. And uh, and uh, VCU jumped out early and then. UVA fought back and then sent it to extras. It was it was great, and I was in and out throughout the game. But once it got to the ninth and then the extras, I was locked in because I, I was hoping for a walk off. And you got to that's your second walk off of the year, right? I know
0: I had, I hadn't called a single walk-off walk off home run ever, and then this year Carlone hits one against Longwood, and then uh, Selden is the player who hit it out against UVA for his first home run of the year. It was only his second extra base hit of the year. Um, so came at a great time for him. Um, Love but it. I mean, that game was, that game was a fantastic game. And when VCU jumps out to that seven, two lead, it's on a grand slam. It's just kind of like, okay, maybe UVA is not a hundred percent plugged in here. It's a midweek game. And they're looking at North Carolina. They've got coming up this weekend. They're coming off a disappointing series against Pitt. Like maybe their heads just not here, but then you see them battle back in that seventh inning to tie the game with a five run inning of their own. And you're like, okay. And, and, then you get into the eighth and the ninth innings and it was high pressure situations and VCU is able to get out of it. UVA's getting out of the, getting out of trouble. And then in that 10th inning, it was just, I mean, the kid just hung a pitch and Selden just smashed it. And yeah, I mean, that was it. So I, I left that game impressed with the offensive UVA because scoring seven runs is impressive enough, but they had the opportunity to score more and put themselves in situations. It was just better VCU pitching in those moments. Um, but for Virginia Tech that as you said that's a huge series it's in Charlottesville you want to beat UVA whenever you play UVA as a Virginia Tech no
1: matter what yeah
0: yeah i mean it could be winks and you're like all right this is this is the one but, that matters but
1: be a top 15 matchup mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. meet something on a national scale that's you know that's that's nice within the rivalry i know the limited times in football where it's mattered on a national scale uh in basketball you know usually it's UVA up there and we're trying to knock them off this is awesome. Both teams are good. I mean, there's yep. no way around that. Uh, both teams deserving of the ranking that they're at. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be fun. fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this weekend and paying a lot of attention to that.
0: And, I, you know, and when I try to think about it, I guess I'd have to look back and, and try to think. I guess bef- before this, the last – and I guess I'm thinking the big three. But football, basketball, baseball, like there's been a few times basketball – where both teams have been ranked when they played each other, but it's been a long time, I think, since football has seen both teams be ranked, let alone yeah. ranked period, let alone like top 15 matchup.
1: Yeah. There's been those ones that the closest we could say that matter would be like I before think was, Virginia tech was
0: in the ACC.
1: Well, I was going to say like, not, yeah, for both of them to be highly ranked, but it, both matter. Uh, Like we played them in that last week of the season and winner was going to go to the ACC championship game. I don't think either one
0: of us were ranked when that was happening though.
1: I, I, if, if we were ranked, we weren't high. Um, so yeah, I, not both high ranked in the top 15, not, not the answer, but you know, mattering on going to be playing in a conference championship game that, that matters enough to mention. And and that's only been like twice in 20 or how many years in the ACC Close to 20. Mm. So, yeah, it's just not enough. So, it's, it's awesome. It's, it really is awesome. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to be locked in this weekend on every out in those games. Like, I, I don't know if right. I'll be watching it, but I'll be following along for sure. Yeah. So, we move on to other NCAA uh, news, and this time in basketball. I was shocked, really, when Ned said all of a sudden, what was it, last Tuesday, that Jay Wright – at Villanova was uh, stepping down or, you know, I'm not sure exact language that I've heard. I've heard the word retiring, but I don't know. He didn't really use it that way. He's stepping down for Villanova. It doesn't appear that he's stepping into any other different role immediately. Um, I just, I was shocked. I was shocked that he won't be coaching at Villanova next year. Now everybody's quick to throw in, well, we lose Roy Williams and coach K and now Jay Wright all within like a 13 month period. Sure. Um, but, you know, Jay Wright, you know, I just don't think I've watched him coach his last basketball game. Now, if he becomes some kind of athletic director or something for Villanova or something, okay. May, maybe that's where he's going. But I, I just feel like I'm going to see that guy coach again. I don't know if he has NBA aspirations and he wants to be available for that. I don't know if he wants a year off before trying something like that, and that. And that's fine. But I just, it just seems like, He's one of those guys that we're going to see coaching again. I would have said the same thing about Bill Cowher when he left the Steelers. Um, there's been other young coaches that I would bring up that I that are not on the top of my head right now, and I was wrong about Bill Cowher. And so maybe I'm wrong here, but I just it, I just if I had to bet my money, I would say I'll see him coach again.
0: Uh, maybe. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know what his aspirations are. I, I you're not crazy to say that. I. I he's young enough to where I think he could come back if he wants to and, and coach. And especially at the college level, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that say, sorry, there's no room for you here. Um, but. <laughs> Seems with that winning <laughs> would be like, Oh,
1: maybe we'll make room for
0: you. Yeah. But I, you know, I friend of the podcast, John Leonard wrote up with me to VCU this weekend. Cause he wanted to watch some of the former Valley league guys and future Valley league guys, uh, that played, uh, but, we talked about this on Saturday on the way down. Cause he was just stunned like you when Jay Wright announced that he wasn't going to coach at Villanova. And you know, I made the joke. I was like, yeah, I mean, I thought you were supposed to have a grand retirement tour when you were going to leave the <laughs> sport and make it all about you and what you've done and everything. Cause obviously that's the most important aspect of being a college coach is what you've done and not uh, the kids and take away from their moment. Um, but yeah, and we laughed about that, but uh, in all honesty, like, Jay Wright's done a lot at Villanova, and I think it's because he's at Villanova, and even though Villanova kind of has that bigger name, it's not, it's not the Duke. It's not the North Carolina. It's not UCLA or Michigan State or these power, sure. power five programs that you think of. And so I do think there are a lot of years that people just forget about Villanova, and, and then we see them in the tournament. We're like, oh, yeah, they're kind of good. And Yeah. They and had to get
1: over that hump, though, with him. Like they get, I mean, There was... There, there was that little stretch where they they weren't quite making it as far as you necessarily ex- mm-hmm. expected from what they had done in the regular season. I mean, that's of that's a product though of the Big East not being the Big East anymore. I mean, like, no, that's fair. If they still had Syracuse in there, if you know, the Big East was still the Big East or anything close to it, uh, he'd had opportunity to kind of have that program sitting closer. Not saying it would be it, but closer to what we think of as a Duke or UNC. Um, but. For not being a Duke or UNC or a Kentucky or Kansas, yeah, they're right there at they're they're in that next level, and, and and they've consistently been winning. They've won the national championship with him. Uh, they made it back there. Um, it's just so much good out of that program, and he deserves he deserves a victory tour that he didn't get. I'm glad he didn't. Um, I think everybody's going to be turned off from that idea for a long time now. Um, but yeah, super great career. I, I just, I just hard for me to even talk about it without saying in three years, if I hadn't watched him coach another basketball game, I'll be surprised. Yeah. You're all fine. But then I expect him to be getting somewhere.
0: I can see it being the NBA. And maybe it is. It. Maybe, maybe he wants to go into an analyst role. I mean, it's a lot less pressure. I, I just, and I don't know what. I would love him on game day
1: or something. Yeah. Like, I, I think he'd be great in that spot.
0: I just don't know what's the other things going on in his life outside of college basketball right. and what, outside you'd factors have to think, Where the, though, what's that pulling him
1: you'd have to think though being a northeast guy mm-hmm. espn wants him you just got to travel to game day you're gone two days a week or whatever just through the through the like the meat of the season i mean that's a heck of a lot better than what he's been doing and he would be stay prominent and i'm sure make a big check off that um yeah I, I i'd love them on a show like that i if he could go on to that and like be really successful immediately like I assume he would maybe that's the way he doesn't coach again is is get into that hard I mean I get I just I'm tired of Seth Greenberg but I I, that carries a lot of emotion from him (laughs) being a hokey and me kind of being irritated at the end of his time as a hokey that if he went and sat in his chair on game day that wouldn't bother me at all I, I wouldn't mind to stop hearing Seth Greenberg's voice
0: so, yeah, I hear you on that.
1: But the coaching move I want to have happen, this is what I'm really trying to talk into existence here. I think the Charlotte Hornets need to bring home the golden sun there and get Tony Bennett back, back into Charlotte coaching. And, I mean, he played. He had such a great career as a Charlotte Hornet. I think it's time for Tony Bennett to go back home and go down there and coach the Hornets. They have the coaching opening. I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't. I think it's just be good for everybody, particularly me, if Tony Bennett would leave Charlottesville and go coach in the NBA for the Charlotte Hornets. That's, that's what I want to, you know, talk into existence here.
0: Well, and when you think about it, it'd be really selfish not to, right? I mean, just the amount of disrespect you're showing to one of the Southeast's most beautiful cities in Charlotte, North Carolina, to disrespect the poor people, they haven't had a winner in a long time. You want to go build something in Charlotte with the Hornets, prove that you can do it at the, pro level, and just not be selfish and take the easy road of sticking at UVA and all that.
1: You have the opportunity to work with LeVar Ball and his great son? Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds like a, yes. a great opportunity.
0: Yes! I, I can't you think of anything else that you'd want country. to do. MJ is there. I mean, it's just perfect. It's perfect. Nothing but success. Right? Yes. You know? Absolutely. And none of it, I, I know what UVA fans are saying, oh, you guys just don't like UVA. No. I mean, yes, but
1: for <laughs> exactly but no
0: <laughs> i'm a really big tony benefit i just want what's best for tony
1: yes yes <laughs> that's that's when you know that like, the respect level is high when i'm like i'm not even trashed at him i just want him gone because yeah, I, I just the, only way the easiest way for money. him
0: to leave is yeah the more realistic path for him to leave is not that he gets fired for being bad it's that he leaves because he's too bad. Yeah. if
1: we had a podcast at the time Hey Al will grow stick around forever yeah <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> hey um
0: what's Mike London t- doing Mike yeah London
1: stick around forever man you you belong it you but no Tony Bennett
0: you're there right. were Virginia Tech fans, yeah. <laughs> I think if goFundMe had been a thing then Virginia there would have been a goFundMe to keep to pay Mike London's salary after he sat on those timeouts and oh. let Frank Beamer run the clock out on him for that field goal I mean that yeah. was that was <sighs> fun but Yes, Tony Bennett is very good. And now, do I think Tony Bennett takes the Charlotte Hornets job? No. no. He's going to stay at UVA and continue to be a thorn in our side because he's very good at what he yeah. does.
1: We do tend to knock him off. not enough, Yes, but, but um, he also has UVA
0: yeah. kind of at the top of the ACC yeah. more often than not.
1: Yeah, his off year they're like fifth. Yeah. yeah. All right, um, moving on let's jump over to NBA and the most surprising thing of the first round, I think has to be not the Boston victory official Monday night by way of sweep over Brooklyn, but it's the fact that it is a sweep. If you tell me Boston wins that series, I don't blink an eye. They're the number two ranked team in the Eastern conference playing the number seven. The nets have been a little bit of a mess. They had trade later in the season that kind of, moved what they were um they've had all their issues with uh ben simmons boston winning not surprising boston sweeping i think is shocking I, it was a week ago this podcast had patrick Heights sitting here on this microphone talking saying well, you know this game's gonna go to seven you know this series is gonna go to seven no doubt about it you know it's such good it's been good games this weekend i i just was shocked even at 2-0, I was shocked that mm-hmm. it was 2-0. I was surprised one team could beat the other one two games in a row and now four games in a row as of Monday night. Just an absolute shocker. and uh, I think that kind of sends out the call to the rest of the Eastern Conference where Patrick Hyatt last week was saying, whatever team comes out of the series, then they're going to have to go on and face, uh, what is it, Milwaukee, and that's going to be tough. Well, now Boston might be able to sit there a minute and get ready for that series, um, at least – a, a game or two's worth because Milwaukee doesn't play again until Wednesday, and I, I assume they're just setting it up for a weekend start on that series. If they if it gets set up that way, um, if Milwaukee if Chicago can win another game, it extend it further. I you know I I think Boston's kind of raised their flag of hey we're coming for this Eastern Conference, and it's gonna be
0: interesting. It is gonna be interesting. I will say Milwaukee. So here's what Boston took advantage of. They took advantage of Brooklyn does not believe in defense in any capacity. They don't believe in guarding shooters. They don't believe in moving their feet to stop people from driving to the basket. They don't believe in any of that. So Boston took advantage of that, and Boston is good defensively. They will have I, – I don't think Milwaukee is going to see a, six games. So I do think they take care of Chicago in five. And with that, I still don't think it started until Saturday then. I mean, that's still. Sure. Of time for yeah, it's plenty of they have. They will have more rest than Milwaukee, but Milwaukee is going to be a much tougher test than Brooklyn was. And yes, it is shocking when you say this team has KD, they have Kyrie Irving, and they get swept. They don't find a win anywhere in that series, especially after the way game one went. Uh, to say that Boston then goes on to sweep the Nets. Is surprising and is impressive. I just, I still think Milwaukee probably beats Boston in the next series. And I think it's just because Milwaukee's a lot better defensively. And the way they're going to attack Boston is going to prevent Boston from being able to do what they did against Brooklyn.
1: It will be interesting for sure. The other um, interesting thing
0: least... the Suns are struggling with the Pelicans.
1: Well, they don't have Booker.
0: Still. I mean, he's like their best player. I know Chris Paul's great. I know like, he's their best player, but they have other players who are really good. The Pelicans are not good.
1: They aren't. They, and they only got like two players, that, and neither of them are better than I'm telling the top you, three it, from Phoenix.
0: Yeah. That fourth 5 is going to be tough for him, too.
1: It's just, that, I mean, I think that's a factor. And it, I mean, it still happens in the professional sports that you take that big of a piece of the puzzle out of the mix all of a sudden, and it's, it's a problem. And I, I said this in college and, and um, in college when Villanova, they had that player go down. I said, hey, it's just too late in the game in the middle of this tournament for you to lose one of your best players. Like if, you, if this happens in February by the tournament, you're going to be okay, but you can't do it in the middle. And then Booker just going out right there it, isn't good. I still think they get that series win, but they got to have Booker back to, to have a hope in the next round because yeah, you're going be to be facing a Dallas or Utah Utah's on their last leg with this current setup, but they're going to be trying to optimize. Dallas has a lot of good pieces. Luca Luca can win some games, so they're going to have to have Booker back.
0: With with Booker getting hurt, though, it, it does just pave the way for Golden State because Golden yeah. State is healthy and, and that team like is like oh. They're the 3C, but then you were like, when they get healthy right at the playoffs, you're like, oh, right, that's what they look yeah. like when they're healthy and they're the best team in the NBA.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're sitting at 3-1, everybody else is the 2-2, two, two, and if, if they can go ahead and close out, they can sit there and rest up a little bit. I mean, they've gotten old. That, you know, that's one thing I've kind of acknowledged during these playoffs here is like we've been saying these guys' name, yeah, names a long time now, and, and they're aging, but that's also the reason that they're able to come together at the right time and get it going. But, uh, you know, they only have so many more runs with this core. And so, uh, yeah, I I do think it sets up well for Golden State. I I want Phoenix to wake up here, but we'll see what happens. Um, Man, these people storming the core, it's crazy. I I think if this was like a local thing, if this was happening at the high school level, I probably wouldn't like draw the attention to it because I don't want it to happen. These people storming the core, particularly like in Minnesota, it's crazy. And then to watch the Twitter reactions and people like debating the force taken upon the people storming the court. No, you cannot have, I mean, the the crude thing to say here, where's rent or test when you need them to like remind people why you don't (laughs) get involved with the players and the fans, like push that line back where it was. And that's a joke. I don't want the the players going back into the stands, but like somebody has got to remind these people that are storming the courts. They're going to get hurt, and I think this last one we saw—the security guard was all over it, like a champion. I was saying the
0: the because when I saw the fan coming on the court, and then I see the security guard coming out of nowhere, I was like, "Oh, he was ready." And yeah,
1: they were sitting two chairs down. As soon as he made the move, he made the move too.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm with you. Like, you can't have if, it if you don't want to get them, if you don't well. want to get tackled or speared and slammed onto yeah. the floor. The easiest way to make sure that doesn't happen is don't go on the floor. I've I've been to an NBA game. I've been to lots of pro sporting events. I've never been slammed and tackled because I've never tried to enter the field of play.
1: Right, you just can't have it. You you got to do. You got to make examples of these people. Uh, there needs to be publicly said what their charges are to help deter people. Um, it's just it's just, it's is ramping up. It seems like the first one was like glueing their hand down. Then it was someone else with glue, and they didn't quite make it. This one like it's it's too much. They got like it's something bad's going to happen. I, I just feel it. And they got to stop this and they got to find a
0: way to deter it. And for them to like, a- again, like I'm just talking <laughs> about the debate of it. We'll get to another thing that happened in professional sports. That yeah. is a real head scratcher in today's day and age. You're going to get banned. Like you're not going to another T wolves game person who tried to storm not? the floor. No. Like, you're not, you're not going to another professional. You might not go to another NBA game because they might just be like, you know what, no, we're not going to have it. So I, I, j- I don't – is it worth it for like the two minutes of fame or whatever? No. Not in my opinion, yeah. and, and I'm with you. Like Whatever
1: message you're trying to get across is getting completely it's, lost. It's
0: lost. It's lost. I don't know what that person's message was other than I have no idea. them getting slammed to the floor. That's what I took away from it. Wow. Bad idea. Thank goodness. The security guard did their job and protected the NBA players because in their head, they're like, Oh, of course I'm not going to hurt the players, but we don't know that you're doing something crazy by running onto the field of play. Whatever happens to you happens to you. And it happens at the expense of trying to protect the players.
1: All right, let's move it over to baseball. The other active sport right now. Um, Looking over the standings, uh, we haven't done that this year because the season's only, what, two weeks old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Mets have a strong start. They have that, you know, lots of pitchers to throw at things. The NL West looks tough with four teams with 11 or 10 wins there. Um, so not shocking anything there. The Mets, you know, it's it's early. So <laughs> you just haven't lost hope yet if you're a Mets fan. Uh, Dan and – and uh, uh, hickey uh you know it'll come uh what stood out this weekend i want to stay with what i liked the best Schwarber going off Mm -hmm. i loved it i loved it because if you read his lips and his body language enough he's complaining about the pitch that just got called incorrectly for him but he also like points to the and like reference like you're calling it crappy both ways man like just just be better. It's all he's asking. And he's like, he was quick about it. He wasn't on top of him doing it. He was in his own space. He was very animated, making the point, showing it for everybody and then got out of there. And I appreciate that. I mean, get tossed, you get tossed, whatever. And and as soon as he threw his bat, he's getting tossed and that's fine. I, I don't think uh, Hernandez is wrong and throwing him when he does, but I loved how he handled it after that. It wasn't, um, over the top i mean it was it was very animated maybe over the top but just like not too much and uh he got out of there and proved his point and he looks like the smart person in this mix which is a low bar because uh hernandez just continually finds himself in these spots because he's such a terrible umpire joe i've set you up to tell him what bridge he should live under what box he shouldn't even deserve under that bridge but I, I love I loved Schwarber in this. Now you tear the umpire apart.
0: Yeah, I saw on Twitter, kind of piggybacking on your point first, that it was the perfect ejection. Because, yeah. it's one, it's Angel Hernandez, who nobody likes. Two, he slams the bat down, which is comical. But he does it in a way that is so far away, it's obviously not intended to be thrown at the umpire or an act of violence toward him. Doesn't touch him, doesn't get in his face, he hollers stays, at him. Takes the ejection. Yep. Takes the ejection (laughs) and doesn't stay comically long, but proves his point. And everyone else is sitting there going, yup. And it happens on national TV, which is the other thing. I don't know why Major League Baseball hasn't figured out Angel Hernandez is a terrible umpire. I get they can't fire him because of the MLB Umpires Union, but stop putting him on nationally televised games. It's bad for your product. Well, unless, okay, you know what? Never mind. Big brain. Open your third eye. This is all part of Major League Baseball's plan. They want robot umps as much as I want robot umps. And this is their way of telling the MLB umpires, look, you won't get rid of this guy. He's obviously terrible at his job. He's the worst umpire in the history of umpires. This sport's lasted for over 150 years. This guy's not, not only can he not get balls and strikes right, he's not consistent with what he calls balls and strikes. They're awful. I sent you a hilarious graphic that somebody took of like ball, strike, ball, strike. It's like a one-inch... Wide thing, and it like you alternates one ball, you need strike, two ball strike, ball, strike, ball, <laughs> strike, like all the way down, like side to side. I mean, some of these strike calls. There was one earlier in the game that was so far inside, and it wasn't a strike three, but he just like puts his hand up for strike two, and the batter's just like no, and, and just tells him he's full. And I think the uh, the uh, TV announcer was like, "Oh, that's a conversation being had in Spanish right there." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, but." I mean, he's just not good. He's not good. He's never been good. He is the umpire who tried to sue Major League Baseball because they won't let him do World Series games. And the court threw his case out. That is him legally being told he sucks at his job. Like, yeah. the court said, no, they're right. You're awful at this, and the only reason you have a job is because the union protects you. That Honestly, if the MLB Umpires Union wants to exist in 10 years you get rid of angel hernandez you have to have a bigger picture view of this and i know you're the problem there is then you start looking at a slippery slope okay the bar is angel hernandez bad that's the bar yeah if they're better than that then okay ride it out for a little bit see how how it goes but this guy you cannot defend he is terrible he is awful i don't know what kind of job he can do because i don't think his eyes work
1: i think he'd go to the new
0: No, I no, God, he's going to burn it down again. Nope, don't want him there. Uh, Honestly, the scariest part, and a lot of people laugh because there was a Philly fan that hung around and then like Angel Hernandez is driving and he like shouts at him while he's driving away and Angel Hernandez is laughing. The scariest part of that video wasn't the Philly fan standing around waiting for somebody. Yes, it was him driving because I was like, "Mm -mm, there's no way. Make him take the vision test. No, he's not going to pass it. He cannot drive. He cannot drive a motor vehicle. That's dangerous for society.
1: I don't at, some, at some point, we all have these tough discussions with, with our grandparents or our parents, depending on how old you are, of the time you got to tell them you, it's unsafe for you to drive. Someone needs to do that for him. When
0: he gets behind the wheel of a vehicle, he should be arrested. I mean, he should be arrested for impersonating an MLB umpire, too. But he should actually be arrested any time he gets behind the wheel of a car because that is an accident waiting to happen.
1: And I think, I mean, for the safety of others, too, we should be probably limiting, like, what kind of vehicle he's allowed to even attempt to operate. A smart I mean, car. That's it. it. He, no, he should be flintstone in it. I mean, he okay. should... Okay, yes. He, as only as fast as his feet can take
0: him. Which is not going to get him far, and, they, and then he won't be able to get to the games. This is the best way to do it, actually. Yeah, I like it. Um, I mean, John so- Heyman made fun of him. I don't even <laughs> like John Heyman, but I was like, okay, that's funny. Because he was like, he... Angel Hernandez can't see the E. Yeah, but seriously. Um, (laughs) Because John Heyman was like, Angel Hernandez can't even see the E on the eye chart. And I was like, hilarious. Good joke. (laughs)
1: All right. The other negative thing of the weekend, which that's negative, but on-field action related. Uh, This starts to be out. And this is, again, this is people from the stands getting too involved. These Yankee fans in right field getting it, Getting it going with the right fielder from the Indians there. Guardians. Or, excuse, me, excuse me, the Guardians. Excuse me, still adjusting. Uh, that is such a bad look, and for this organization that has this high and mightiness to it, man, the fans don't buy into that that approach at all. They are not high and mighty about their with their behavior at all. Like you know, some fan bases that think a lot of themselves, you know just handle themselves in a different way. Maybe wine and cheese for their tailgates. Uh, You know, here's these Yankee fans and they're just acting a fool all the time. And then it kind of came to a head this weekend where the, the players are about ready to fight them out there. And I, you know, I know there's some videos that dropped Monday of the players yelling back at them. I don't know. Just everybody be better. But these fans just, you can't throw stuff on the field, period if you're a fan and what you're doing is on the field, whether it's your body, your feet, your hands, the stuff that was just in your hands, you're wrong. No matter yeah. what happens from there, you're wrong. Whatever happened before there, you're still wrong. Yeah. It, nothing it can motivate in an acceptable way for you to be part of what's going on the field. Done. I mean, I, I, like, I know rushing the field at the end of high of college football games is fun and all, but like, At some point, this type of behavior is gonna just like they're gonna be, you know. We're talking about a wall on the border of Mexico. We're gonna have walls around the stands that are you're not gonna be able to get on there, and it's gonna be better. It's gonna be a better situation. Like let's avoid that. Let's just act like we have some sense between now and then to make sure that doesn't happen as soon as it probably should. Because you gotta keep you gotta keep this separate, and this it's just bad. And when you know the Yankees themselves after hitting a game win and double or whatever come running out to right field to help their fellow major league baseball player out. They're like here, get away from this. You guys stop. You guys are idiots. Like, you know, you're wrong when Aaron judge is right. You know, you're wrong period.
0: Well, I mean, Aaron judge is usually wrong. I get it. He's I know, a Yankee. So I, right I understand here. why Yankee fans forget. can't recognize when Aaron judge is right because he's one of theirs and he's always wrong. But, um, Yeah, no, it was totally unacceptable what they did. It was was classless behavior, and, yeah, it's just not a good look. And I think you're right. The more this happens, and it seems to happen more and more often, it's going to get to the point where they just back fans up. They're going to back them up, and then people are going to be like, oh, we're not as close as we used to be. This isn't a great fan experience. And I'll be like, well, I'm sorry. But the dumbest among us won't allow us to enjoy sports like we used to because people are stupid. And there's no other way to call this other than just people being stupid. And, and you yeah, can't this, have it. You cannot have it.
1: This is so – this is just stupid behavior. This isn't you're trying to make some kind of point like we saw on the basketball court. That's bad. And you at least you were – like you thought you were doing something. This is just terrible. Just just.
0: Terrible. Yeah, this is I didn't like him and I, I don't know. It's weird. So you um, – you, you had other problems with the Yankees this week. Yeah, they, they, we could have maybe had Miguel Cabrera's 3,000th hit earlier than it happened. Congratulations to Miguel Cabrera, by the way. I, I did see it's
1: Major League Lamar Baseball. Lamar.
0: I will bring this back to my Yankees hate. Don't worry. But I did see Major League Baseball tweet out best hitter of all time. And at first, I was like, man, hyperbole. But then I stopped and thought about it, and I was like, well, maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe he is the best hitter of all time because he has 3,000 hits. He's going to have 600 doubles. He's got 500 home runs. The list of people on that list is tiny. Six
1: people. Six people.
0: Tiny. And then I saw, it might have been Jason Stark or one of these other baseball writers, kept dwindling the list down and down and down to the point where it's like uh, the the list of people who have 600 doubles, 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, have won a triple crown, and have multiple batting titles. Miguel Cabrera, end of list.
1: Yeah.
0: That's that's amazing. And he's managed to keep it up for such a long, extended period of time. It's he is a great hitter. Now, the Yankees intentionally walking him. Aaron Boone says, Well, you know, the game situation demanded that we put him on and blah blah blah. I'm sorry. Are you not the New York Yankees? Are you not the second higher or third highest payroll in baseball? Are you not this God's gift to baseball? We're the New York Yankees, we're not scared of anybody. Except Miguel Caprera, apparently. You're a poverty franchise. I couldn't imagine being a fan of such a coward fan franchise like the New York Yankees. It's probably why their fans threw trash, because they're cowards too. It's just a total coward organization from top to bottom. Disgusting. Aaron Boone should be ashamed of himself, and the New York Yankees should be kicked out of Major League Baseball for intentionally walking Miguel Caprera.
1: So, I'm not just going to let this go unargued with. This is going to go in my Derek Jeter folder of why am I arguing on the side of the Yankees because I hate them so much. It was a one-run game in the eighth.
0: And then what happened? Then they lost three to nothing. Their team couldn't even score but any you runs. Don't know,
1: you don't know what's about to happen. You know first base is open with runners on second and third, and you have Miguel, Miguel Carrera, who has 2,999 career hits at the plate, and you have a spot to put him where he doesn't have to hurt you absolutely if, if it's i mean if it's any solid hitter for another team honestly not even solid hitter a person capable a non-pitcher <laughs> if the guy behind them is a less of a hitter than that person is they put him at first base every single time so the game situation what aaron boone said is absolutely accurate but it's the yankees so screw them there at all uh, uh, so that's where i come full circle i agree with you heck with the yankees but the game situation. Why don't you just get Miguel Cabrera out? out. Exactly what they
0: if you're the New York Yankees and you're so great and so amazing, why don't you just get him out?
1: You put him at first base, take your chances with the less lesser batter behind him.
0: And then that guy gets a hit and then you lose three nothing they instead did. of one but nothing. But you don't know
1: the future. It's baseball. You play it Hashtag
0: cowards mentality. Aaron Boone. It's what situation. a loser
1: and they they played it and they still didn't get it right so what no, a loser
0: aaron boone is i hope aaron now that being said i hope There's, aaron boone manages i agree the with yankees. this i'm not
1: arguing this
0: <laughs> i hope aaron boone manages the yankees forever because he will he does not win a world series <laughs> and i love that
1: maybe a rod come back and play for him more have you turned it even over to the a rod and uh no the, no i haven't either and not even like tempted i haven't even thought about it while sunday that baseball's been on because i'm like I only think about it when people are, like, making fun of it on Monday.
0: I have only watched, like, two MLB games start to finish, so. <laughs>
1: um, I have watched zero games start to finish. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, 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 every Sunday night, I cut I honestly,
0: I forget that it's on, the A-Rod thing. I am not. I, I, didn't I, a, I, I didn't watch the Manning cast. I didn't watch yeah, the Manning cast. I
1: like the Manning cast, and, and, and so, like, I'm open to the idea of these alternate feats. I thought the women's basketball was great i like the manning cast no, no desire i i just don't like what are, what are they appealing to do they i don't even think the yankee fans
0: yankee fans don't A-Rod, like him do
1: they, they yeah. like michael k but they don't like
0: yeah they don't A-Rod. like they don't like a rod um it's not
1: what Lo and like who are they trying to get watch
0: this yeah i don't know
1: Ugh. terrible stuff um it's just pushing too hard to make that work. I don't, I don't, I just,
0: it. I, I mean, again, I just bring it back. I can't imagine being a fan of the New York Yankees and just knowing that my coach and my, my team are a bunch of cowards with as much as we play our pay our players. I would just be ashamed.
1: I just, I have this mentality when I talk to people that are, that are Yankee fans, like, were you a Yankee fan in 1985? And if they're interested, York? Will, I will listen to them. And, but if, if you weren't, or like the reason you're a yankee fan wasn't then I'm out like if you became a yankee fan in 1997 we're we're not I'm not friends with you probably
0: see when when there's yankee I can't fans think of
1: anybody that I call a friend that is yeah. a yankee fan in 19 that started in 1997
0: when there's yankee fans at Camden Yards and they start talking about how much they love the Yankees my first question is usually which borough of northern virginia are you from yeah. and because they're not from new york i mean they're again they're a bunch of cowards they they don't know what hard times are. Oh, we lost in the AOCs because our manager's a clown and we're cowards. Oh, we're not very good. Oh, please, why don't you be a fan of the Orioles, okay? Then come talk to me about hardship. Fake fans.
1: Speaking of hardship, uh, it's the NFL draft. I know you don't get super excited about it. I look at the NFL draft as more of a social thing for some of my friends. Um, we from college age, but then also now with. Uh, zoom a new zoom tradition that we have but we still have a little bit to talk about here with the nfl draft because uh these players that are going particularly on thursday will have some immediate impacts and um so it starts thursday it's the new style where they start thursday night with the first round second and third round on friday and then the rest of it on saturday i like i didn't think i'd like it at first i used to i when i was young i saturday at noon i was excited i like the new style now I, i think it works well um, so number one, everybody's talking, the Jaguars are going to get somebody on the defensive line, probably a defensive lineman. Uh, today I was kind of looking at that Trayvon Walker kid from Georgia's seeming to be the favorite there and that, um, I liked the reasoning that I read for that. So look for that. Uh, that's my advice for number one as a watcher, but let's look at some of our teams that we follow here locally. Um, we'll go through our teams and then we'll talk about the Washington franchise there. Uh, the Steelers. Obviously, quarterback is, is always a position that's most talked about at the draft. This year's quarterback class is pretty weak um, in comparison to some of these other years. Uh, I think the way some of those classes have proven, I don't, I don't know how much weaker it is because uh, some of these more recent classes haven't put out a lot of immediate um, top-notch talent. But this year, weaker even than that uh, with uh, Willis out of Liberty by way of Auburn. going to be a high quarterback taken Pickett is going to be a high quarterback taken and the Steelers are rumored to be infatuated with both of them so it'll be interesting to see what the Steelers do their first pick is at 20 are they going to have to trade up to get one of those guys are they going to get one of those guys can they sit at 20 and get one of those guys I think they will get one of those guys I'm stopped talking trash on either one of them. Cause I'm accepting the fact that probably one of them is going to be on the roster. I am just hopeful that people aren't jumping up ahead to make the Steelers feel like they need to jump up ahead. I, I want the guy that they can get at 20. How's that? How's that for a sitting on the pole answer there? I, I don't want to move up. I want to stay at 20 and get one of those two guys. And I'm kind of at the point where like, if we can't do that, I don't know. I don't know if I'm I, I just don't want to be killing what's our one year of Mason
0: Rudolph of years. Yeah. What's one so, year yeah. of Mason Rudolph to make sure you get a better quarterback next year. I hear you. I do. Th- I, well, I will say I mean,
1: they're going to play Trubisky this year. I I mean, like, Oh, I'm that's
0: right. Gosh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about Mitch. Yeah. They're
1: going to okay. play him. I know we don't think he's good and, and I'm hopeful that he's better than we think he is. You're right. That like, is
0: who's going to play. Not, but
1: yeah, that's who's going to play this year. Um, I, if I have to lean, I'm leaning Pickett. I like that. He went to pit. I don't like Pitt. I don't like when they beat us in football. But the energy that I saw that guy bring on the field and some of the playmaking ability that he had and the fact that they had to change a rule in middle of the season or, you know, during bowl, <laughs> bowl week to to address something he had done on the field, that doesn't bother me. I just kind of like that mold to stay in Pittsburgh is, is how I'm feeling there. I think there's the dynamic of Dan Marino played for Pitt. Pittsburgh had a chance to draft him. They didn't. Dan Marino went on to a Hall of Fame career. I'm not saying Cole Pickett is that's what he's destined for. But I just can see that storyline being kind of interesting. So that's the way I'm leaning. Willis is a dynamic, great quarterback, and he's done good things. He beat Virginia Tech. I didn't like that, Um, but so did Pickett. So (laughs) I I don't know where I win here. Um, One thing that I found interesting out of Tomlin today was saying, you know, they want a guy that, is a competitor and he's not going to turn away from competition. And I just remember Willis being at Auburn and getting out of there. Cause he didn't want to compete with, with uh, what was that? Bo Nix there mm-hmm. for quarterback. I just wonder like, it was, I reading too much into that or what? So I, I don't know, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, the thing against the thing I have against Willis is I, I just don't like that he was at Liberty and they beat us and all that. Uh, this, that that's that's what hurts him is stuff around him, not him. I, I, I've listened to him talk and, and this and that and read more about him. And he's he's good. I know it. And if I'm going to be cheering for him the next couple of years, fine. But I, I guess I'm just leaning picket because I'm less mad at him for the way he beat the Hokies.
0: Uh, that's my honest. <laughs> well, he beat Virginia Tech over-answer. with an ACC team. Which is more acceptable than losing right. to Liberty if you're Virginia Tech. So, yeah, and Quinte beat us in that game, not, not yeah. Liberty. Willis it technically did not, not beat us. we game. really Quinte. Holding
1: Fuente, mm-hmm. uh, at fault for, or Which Willis again,
0: at fault what Quinte did. So, yeah, made us not a uh, The sport. other
1: the other things that Steelers need defensive backs and wide receivers. So, mm-hmm. they need star power on that team, is what, is what this draft is talking about. They did a lot to help their linemen uh, this offseason. With free agency. I could see them addressing that more in the draft, but these other positions early uh in, in these first two rounds, you're gonna see quarterback, defensive back, wide receiver be addressed.
0: Yeah. Um I would say, and see, with my choice between Willis or Pickett, I would pick Willis because of the dual He's threat. Dynamic. Yeah, yep. dual threat and dynamic ability that he has. Now, I will say I want to be a run first. Team. Yeah, I will say their backup quarterback situation is is not conducive to that. Um, so maybe that's why you go pick it, but but that's the now, not the future, and that, and a first round quarterback is the future. So mm-hmm. yeah, but um, no, well, but I say that because I I do think if you go that route, you need to have backups that are also that offense. I, agree. I don't like teams that don't do that and just then when that guy gets hurt, which is a very high risk situation in the in those kind of offenses. Not only did you lose your star athlete, but you also blew up your entire system, um, yeah. which I think is bad. But yes, the Steelers need a uh, a lot of uh, what they call playmaker positions. I think yeah. is the term you use. That sounds. I just right. don't
1: want to blow up all our future drafts just for this this one quarterback. That's.
0: I do think you're right. I I would say if if you have to trade up for one of them, it's not worth it. I don't think either one of these guys are slam dunks in terms of what their NFL career holds. Maybe they, maybe they do turn into something. I just don't know if I would bet my franchise on it. So, um, Ravens, they're going to need another corner. Uh, offensive line improvement would be good. Um, but, uh, you know, I look at our draft and what we have, we've got the first, the second, the third, but you got a lot of
1: middle round, those picks.
0: fourth round picks that we have that screams to me, offensive line. Yeah. That that's what that screams to me, and, and we'll probably pick a linebacker in there too, because it always seems like we we get we find some diamond in the rough linebacker in the fourth round that just turns into some kind of monster. Um, yeah,
1: that's like an edge guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I, I do think I don't know. I you you could break the news to me on who we draft. I will not be watching the draft any rounds. I just. I'll
1: watch Thursday with like five people on a zoom call. Uh, but yeah, past that, I probably won't be tuning in like I used to
0: No, commanders. They need wide receivers, safety, and then corner. Um, obviously the wide receiver that leaps out Ohio States, Chris Olave, that would be a a big get if the commanders can get him at 11. Um, I saw
1: him in like three different mock drafts. I saw that. That was the name that repeated. Uh, there was other names on different mock drafts. I looked at, like, mm-hmm. six. I think I saw this one three times, and that was the only guy that repeated. So that would be
0: big. I mean, he is a yeah. really good athlete. Good size, and
1: it'd be good. Uh, I, I If wide receivers go heavy before that, um, well, no, they're 11. There's not going to be so many taken before 11. I, I was just saying I, I could really see safety being, like, mm-hmm something that they go for high. So we'll see. They have that 11th pick and then they pick again at 47. Um, And you know, they're not loaded with draft picks because they've already gotten rid of them for other trades previously. So yeah, it'll, I don't know. You're not going to fix that team with the draft. I mean, they have so many problems, every different direction. It almost feels like the draft is the least of their concern. They, you know, just everything they've been through, all these lawsuits, all these investigative reporting. Now the federal government's got to examine what they've been uh, the, claiming as the state of ticket Virginia, sales and all that.
0: Yeah, the state of Virginia announced that they're going to look into it. The attorney general's opening up an investigation on financial it's improprieties. Fast. I, I just, will say, yeah, well, but he's not going to. Um, I will say, you know, Washington has improved receiving from just – last year. I mean, Terry McLaurin is great. That was a thousand yard receiver. That was improvement. They just need somebody else. So defenses can't say, all right, well, we're just going to raise Terry McLaurin and who else you got? Like they, they need that not to be the case. Um, but I will say, uh, I do agree. I think the commanders they're. I mean, they need to have some home runs in the draft because that's, I think the easiest thing to fix, but there is a lot that is problematic there in the front office right now, and it's just—it yeah. seems like any time Washington Commanders are in the news, it's never for a good reason.
1: Yeah, it's negative and it's off the field. If they could just have on-field problems, that would be better. Someone today too was talking. Oh, they just need to stay healthy. If they can just stay healthy, it doesn't matter what they do in the draft. No team stays healthy. Everybody yeah. loses people in August. Like, don't act like the Washington Football Team is the only team that loses running backs every year in the preseason. Like,
0: I mean, the Ravens lost four teams. before Week One. I mean, we lost four running backs for week one. That's why, like, when Ravens fans Absolutely. are like, we got to do something about our, you know, running game. It was terrible. I'm like, I do think the running game will be better when maybe we have one of our top four running backs next year.
1: Yeah. Seems simple.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, we'll see what the draft does, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of the results of it next week just because then there are players going on the roster. Um, but you and I both are very similar with our teams that – our teams draft well enough, uh, mm-hmm. Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They draft well enough that we don't have to.
0: I I don't sweat everything. the draft. We're I'm never like, going to be
1: those guys at the draft booing
0: what our what our team did. Because yeah, we, the the we one time I them booed them. our pick, and he's because won Lamar, an MVP. Yeah, he's won an MVP. So I was wrong.
1: <laughs> I texted you at eleven eleven thirty at night. You were already asleep.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I was like, okay, good. We didn't draft Lamar Jackson in and the first round. in the morning. <laughs> I was so mad, but. He ends up winning an MVP, and I was wrong. So I'll trust the Ravens. Whoever they pick, I'll be like, all right, he's probably, yeah, I'll trust you.
1: It'll work. All right. So uh, obviously I've been on this whole podcast. I'll just address this uh, a little bit here. Um, We talked about all the sports, right? I didn't. You looked up at me like I'm doing something wrong. Nope. Um, so I'm back on the podcast this week. Sorry to be away from everybody last week. I think, I, I don't think my mom listened without me on. So I think that finally proves w- why she's here. Um, she might have a busy week too. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: so, uh, on a serious note here, um, my wife, uh, who I reference weekly on this podcast, cause she's a patient woman, uh, has had some ongoing health stuff going on with her uh, digestive system. Uh, We had an emergency situation or like urgent uh, situation. It involved a 85 mile an hour plus 1am ride from Augusta health to Roanoke. uh, So we could get some urgent surgery on Friday morning last week. And uh, we were supposed to be in the hospital through Wednesday. That's why I wasn't going to be able to record the podcast. We were lucky enough to come home Monday and recover at home. Uh, but I still let uh, people that had actually watched sports over the weekend cover the podcast. And I was busy being husband nurse, but she went through the surgery. Great. And all that was good. And she's already feeling a lot better from that. Um, but uh, the ongoing thing from this is that we're going to have a little bit of chemo and stuff to address uh, some of the, what they found in there. Uh, cancer, I guess is that word that uh, we all try to avoid best we can. Uh, but we're dealing with a little bit of that. So a lot of positives in that. Uh, I don't want to get all specific, but there's a lot of uh, positives that the doctors saw and test results showed that uh, surround that. So we're hoping that this uh, is in a hugely impactful uh, process on, uh, on everything, but uh, definitely got that ahead of us. So uh, in the podcast in the weeks to come, if you notice I'm distracted or there's a lot of uh, I didn't watch that and I'm trusting what Joe said, uh, that's probably what's going on. But um, sports will continue to probably be my escape from real life, like it always is. Um, and uh, I appreciate that about sports. Even in the hospital this weekend with everything serious going on, I was still you know caught a couple of plays of the spring game. Or that was a week ago. See see how off I am on my sports. Uh, I still caught a little bit of the spring game just, uh, and it, you know, made me smile for five minutes in between a lot of frowning. Uh, but like Joe reported last week, everybody's going to be good. We're good. We're on the right path to being good. Um, and we're getting all the attention that we need to get. So I appreciate out people out there that care about my family. Uh, a ton of them do as I've seen this last week and I, and I'm sure we'll see in the future. Um, But I probably won't talk about this subject much more on the podcast, uh, just because that's the way we are about this kind of stuff. Um, And the details of little things are going to be for us to know um, and the people right around us. So I just want to acknowledge that um, because I'm sure, you know, this is a local enough podcast. People might hear about this separate from me talking about it on it. So I just wanted to kind of address it here for those of you that do listen. Uh, and again, appreciate people's good thoughts. And, uh, that's all we need is your good thoughts and prayers or however you want to handle thinking about us. And, uh, we'll accept those as they come. Um, but, uh, you know, anything, anything physical or more than that is not necessary. Uh, we'll keep pushing ahead and we'll just go forward with people's thoughts and, uh, we appreciate that. So that's, that's what I got to say on that. And like I said, it's probably the last time I directly reference it and, uh, we'll go on from here and we'll be good.
0: Yeah, well, I I think I speak for our fellow yackers out there um, that you you have our positive support. Yep. And thank you, man. Yeah, obvi- uh, you know we'll be rooting for for Stephanie and hoping for the best there. She'll be good. I we'll see how I do. <laughs> That's yeah. been
1: the thing. I've been trying to catch well, up with and, her with you know my.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and I wish I could tell you Leland that. I will be nice to you on the podcast, but I think we both know that that's not going to be true. And um, (laughs) I'm going to be coming at you with a vengeance. Like I came at a vengeance with some yellow jackets in my grill tonight. Um, (laughs) I probably won't smash you with a shoe, but um, I will come at you with a rage.
1: My last little point on that is, you know, we have three kids. We've been through a lot of, Goods and bads, but like, you know, you always hear the, like the phrases of like, um, like I wish it could be me. Like, I wish I could take it. And like, this is probably one of the first, like really like between me and her, like I wish this could be me. Cause like the childbirth stuff, anything related to that, like that, that's, that's on her. That's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> nature, nature decided that I can't really take that on. Uh, but this is this one is like it, you to really be living that man, I wish this was me instead of her. Yeah. Um, it's. It's a lot. And uh feel all really helpless at a lot of moments surrounding this because there is absolutely nothing I can do other than just be supportive and do whatever she asks me to. Um I can't, you know, go to Lowe's and get what I need to fix this for. So uh that's that's the tough aspect of this. But like I said, we'll be good. Um and hopefully, you know, I plan on me being the worst of this. Uh she'll handle it great and I'll I'll figure out how I deal with it. So Again, we'll move it on, but thanks, to people, for their thoughts as they come. And uh, we'll keep talking about sports here. And let's, I mean, let's keep on talking about sports here. What uh, that was what was dominating my life. You jumping into hockey playoff now?
0: Yeah, we can, we can talk hockey playoffs for you. I'll well, update I, you on the I, hockey. I want to move missed. on. <laughs> yeah, I'll, we'll, I'll save more comments after we're done. But um, That's fine. we will, I will tell you what you've missed in hockey. What you've missed is the Florida Panthers. Oh my, well, we'll get to your lunch. Um, <laughs> the Florida Panthers, my adopted second team, um, the I, a.k.a. the Ice Cats, they're going to win the President's Trophy. They've been really good this year. They're dominant. Um, they're also going to probably play the Washington Capitals in the first round, and they will sweep the Washington Capitals because I don't know how serious that Ovechkin injury is that I'm happened like last gentlemen. night. I don't think. If Ovechkin doesn't play, they're not going to be gentlemen about it. It will be a straight-up sweep. If the Caps are lucky, the Ice Cats will be gentlemen about it. I don't think they will. Um, Because Ovechkin got hurt. It looked pretty bad last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Caps actually ended up blowing what was a 3-1 lead and then losing in a shootout to the Maple Leafs, which really hurt because the Caps, had they won that game, would have been up there tied with the Penguins with a game in hand. Now they're a point behind the Penguins with a game in hand. Still technically could jump the Penguins, but... They've got two games against the Islanders who, yes, have been eliminated, but that's going to be tough without Ovechkin. And then they play the Rangers, which would be a potential, if they do jump the Penguins, that's a preview of that first-round matchup. I do like the Caps' odds much better against the Rangers than the Ice Cats. not just because the Panthers are the President's Trophy winner, but also because it's just the Caps have played much better against the Rangers. The Caps' goalie situation is at the point where you don't want to Play a team like the Panthers that can seemingly score at will and score five goals a game on the regular. When they're playing a Caps goalie, that could be 10 goals. I mean, the Caps do not have a good defense this year. Their goalies are awful. It, it's been a problem. It was a problem for them last year when they got in the playoffs. It would be, I mean, you might as well put the poor person with a blindfold on because they're probably going to get as many saves as if they were had both functioning eyes. Angel Hernandez could be our goalie and it would probably be the same result. Like, <laughs>
1: <There you go.
0: laughs> um, but the Florida Panthers challengers in the East, uh, you know, you think the Carolina Hurricanes, they are starting to write the ship again. They've won their last four. They had been on a bit of a slide there. And maybe that's the team that can throw something at the Panthers. The Maple Leafs are another popular pick, but I still don't trust the Maple Leafs to get out of the first round. They're going to play the Tampa Bay lightning. And I do think this is another year where Toronto comes in really good hockey team. Everybody's picking them. They're the dark horse. They're out in the first round. They're done. So then is it going to,
1: that's what it is.
0: Well, I also don't like Canadian teams, but (laughs) um, the Rangers aren't good enough to beat the Panthers. The Hurricanes, like I said, is a maybe, I think it's the lightning. That's the other team that if that's the only team in the East, I'm scared of. If I'm the Panthers is the lightning and that's because that's a rival, and the Lightning Florida. are very good. Yep, battle for Florida. The The Eastern Conference champion will come out of the Sunshine State. Now, your Lanch. Your Lanch is going to win the Central Division. Well, Yeah. They're fine. Your well, Lanch will have the number one seed in the West. The only question for the Lanch is, are they going to play the Golden Knights?
1: I don't like that.
0: Or are they going to play the Dallas Stars or Nashville Predators?
1: I want one of those two.
0: Well, you say that, and you're right. Because the <laughs> Dallas Stars are a team that comes in with a minus 10 goal differential. The fact that they're actually still like very close to being in the playoffs is surprising. Um, and the bad news for you is going to be Well, I guess the good news, the Vegas Golden, it is good news for you, because the Vegas Golden Knights have work to do to catch the Stars and Predators. Technically, the Stars and Predators could both make the playoffs as wild cards. Uh, The Wild, Blues, Lanch, those are the three automatics out of the Central Division. So then there's two wild cards. The top three from each division make it in the NHL playoffs. Then there's two wild cards split between the two divisions. The Predators and Stars right now are those two wild cards, both in the Central Division. Vegas is chasing them. They're at 90 points. Nashville has 94. Dallas has 93. Each of those teams has three games remaining. A win gets you two. An overtime loss gets you one. So Vegas is starting. To, the math's getting hard for Vegas. So I would say you are probably going to play the Predators or the Stars. If I'm the Avalanche, I'd rather play the Predators. I know I just mentioned yeah. the Stars have a minus 10 goal differential, but the Predators are a team that is just not consistent. They are not consistent night in, night out. Their goalie can be good, but their offense is not. And I just, I would much rather play the Predators than the Stars, who do have some goal scoring weapons.
1: Yeah, and I don't want Vegas, who would have to like, play really well down the stretch to get in there and be hot mm-hmm. coming in. Yeah. And, and hockey, we, we've seen these hot teams go on runs like that. We don't, I don't want to see that.
0: Now, the West is totally wide open because your Lanch are very obviously a favorite. They're going to be the one seed in that region or in that conference. But Calgary is good. Minnesota and St. Louis are going to be tough. Like Those are teams, the winner of that series will play Colorado in the next round. So that's going to be an interesting series there when Colorado faces either the Wild or the Blues. Not to mention, it's going to be a heated matchup between rival opponents. I mean, you're looking at teams in the last 10. Minnesota's 8-0-2 in their last 10. St. Louis is 9-0-1 in their last 10. Those are hot teams right now. Calgary well, and Edmonton are teams you would have to worry about in a Western Conference Finals playoffs. Eventually, it's going to get hard. I think the I think the Florida Panthers win the Stanley Cup this year. I do. We'll see. Ooh. The regular season ends this week, so you the playoffs will start on. after that. Uh, yep. Which means they yeah. won't. But I do. Yeah, you I do. Put think. Some money on my lunch. <laughs> you don't want me to put money on your lanch because then they will I not win. I will not put money on my lanch. That's fine. What do you think about resting players, Leland?
1: Just that topic came up, and I think you guys handled it well last week. Um, Talking about Kershaw and sitting him down. I just keep, you know, we talk about it in basketball. We talk about it in baseball. And it's so much more resting for these players. And In basketball, we have a load management. And we still have LeBron James hurt down the stretch of the season. We still have anybody that was good on the Lakers hurt. You still have all these stars going down and even with the load management back in the nineties, there was nothing known as load management and it seemed like our stars were always there in the postseason. Like I just remember in May watching NBA playoffs and each team had their stars and, and I don't know. I just, it doesn't seem like load management is working in baseball. We, we restrict these guys pitching and we're still getting everybody hurt. Their elbows and shoulders are still getting hurt. And I, I'm not saying everybody has to be like Nolan Ryan and pitch complete games and half the outings of the season, but it just seems like resting it's not really fixing the problem either. So, you know, you're resting these guys, then they're still getting hurt. So we have a lot of baseball being played without these guys. I say, play them a bit more. And, and then if they get hurt, you still had them more than you would have had. Them. I, I think Strasburg is an example. Like they rest him all the time. He still gets hurt all the time and he was a, he's been a star his entire major league existence. I mean, he was drafted number 1, he's been a star from day 1. They've always limited him and he's always gotten hurt. And he's not the only one. So I just I'm I just I wonder about examining those statistics and proving that point cuz I just I think it it feels that way. I think you can make statistics say whatever you want. I feel like there's that story out there with statistics saying, hey, resting these guys really isn't fixing the problem. And, uh, you know, I, I know this year people are really talking about the short preseason and spring training for baseball and that being a reason they're really hammering the load management for, for arms. It just I, – I still think we're going to end up getting guys in July throwing out their arms and, and they'll be out anyway. I just – I don't like it. I don't like it in general. I know I sound like get off my lawn guy, but I just think the facts are, are with me. You know, we're not, nothing's better now that we're load managing. And so why, why do it this way? And there might be a factor out there that maybe you're prepare the arms better if you're throwing them more and they're used to the more wear and tear and they can take it. I don't, I don't know. I guess if you want to throw to your 50, if you're Justin Verlander, when you throw to your 50, maybe there's, there's some logic there, but that seems so few, far between, we're still losing these guys at 36. So
0: I just, let's pitch them while we got them. I I don't know. And Verlander's a guy that goes deep. He's not a guy who gets pulled in the fifth or fifth inning all the time. Like, he goes goes seven, eight innings. Like, that's kind of his deal. Um, Yeah, and with the Tigers, there would be multiple times he would go complete games. Um, I'm with you. If if there's science behind. Big body, big guy. Yeah, if there's science behind, well, you know, you pull these guys early and you don't use them as often and you load management to save on injuries, I guess I just want to see where that's true. I, I don't see it that way. LeBron still gets hurt. Kawhi still gets hurt. Paul George, all these NBA guys still get hurt. The Major League Baseball oh, arms. Tommy John. Year. Chris
1: Paul getting hurt. Yeah,
0: Tommy John still happens. Like, I don't know, man. It doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to, to do this and then also have these injuries. Because if I'm an NBA coach, I'm like, well, why am I doing load management? Why am I benching this guy for a game I might lose because he's not playing? Because I want to prevent injury for him to get hurt, and then I lose a bunch of games. Because I don't have the option of playing him, I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, and then you know, again, it's the perfect game aspect of what was going on with yeah, Kershaw. And you and that's, handled that point. You guys handled dumb. that
1: point. I, I want the I want the history. I'm selfish. Can
0: I can I just say this too? MLB sent me numerous updates on I think it was Saturday night about the Rays no hitter. Like
1: eight eight play pitchers eight pitchers.
0: I don't care. Yeah. When it's more than one pitcher, I really don't care.
1: Yeah, I don't. I actually kind of don't either. I mean, two okay, like I hear you, but I don't Combine
0: no-hitter, sure, it's fine. Yeah. I don't care.
1: Good 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 evening. The Tampa Bay, Bay Rays in my mind will
0: never have a perfect game because they don't pitch their pitchers that way.
1: When you're getting these alerts and stuff, when when do you consider it like you have a no hitter brewing or a perfect game brewing like, after what?
0: six because you've gone through the order two times,
1: right. right? Yeah, I started seeing updates and people talking about jinxes in the fifth and the se- No, like there's no chance of a jinx until the seventh.
0: Yeah, and if you I, talk
1: about it in the fifth, mm-hmm. then they weren't getting it anyway.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with and you. I, I do think I, once you get into the I seventh, about
1: it until the sixth ends.
0: Yep, because then you've gone through the order two times and you're like, okay, you only have to go through the order one more time but that is not more guys. Um, so there's still the challenge there. Um, and, and then, like I said, you've been through the order twice. So it's like, that's when it starts to get real. And you're like, okay, maybe right. he could do this again. Um, it's but not
1: real until the second.
0: I, 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 I totally agree. Yep, you're right. I just noticed that this last week. And yeah, and I, I will say like this. Been, at least MLB me. didn't give me that update until the eighth inning. And it was like six different pitchers have gone eight no-hit innings. And I was like...
1: I think it was five of these six. pitchers,
0: I don't care. I think
1: it was more than six.
0: No, it was six through the first eight when I got my first update, and because I, I through
1: eleven or whatever, it was like eight.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but then I was like, "That's five pitchers, too many for me to care about this update." Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I know that you need to know is Liverpool is right where they need to be. They actually have a chance to win what is called a treble. So, as you know, Leland, I know I don't have to explain this to you, but I'm explaining to maybe people who have listened. Yeah,
1: please explain it to other people.
0: Yeah, like, not what, as cultured as what you. What
1: trophy are you talking about here? Because I know there's like
0: any of four the treble would be three different trophies. So, oh. there's the Premier League trophy, which is their oh. in, in country, in season tournament or uh, season, sorry. Um, they, they're in position to win that. They just need Manchester City to have, like, a draw. And Liverpool, not to lose another Premier League game, they will win the Premier League. In, in the FA Cup... In
1: the Premier League, I understand.
0: Yep, in the FA Cup, which is... Okay, Leland, so you remember I called the U.S. Open Cup in Lynchburg. The FA Cup is England's version of that. Slightly more prestigious. No offense to the U.S. Open Cup, but as good
1: as the broadcast that you were a part of was, I would believe that
0: U.S. Open Cup. Great tournament. Love it. Right. But maybe the FA Cup, more the FA Cup is worth a little more coin over there and gets a little <laughs> more eyeballs. Um, I don't think it's offensive for me to, to say that, um, but. <laughs> Liverpool's in the final of that. They play Chelsea in that final. That's actually coming up May the 2nd. So they have a chance to win that. And then they're in the final four. They're in the semifinals of the Champions League, which is the European, the top four from the Premier League every year, go to the Champions League. So now Liverpool's in the semifinals of that tournament. They play Villarreal. I really think they're going to kill Villarreal. I don't think Villarreal's the problem. Man City plays Real Madrid. I think that was Man
1: Joe knocking on wood there. Just so everybody knows. Yes,
0: I it's think cool. it wasn't somebody trying to break into my house. Um, <laughs> I do think Man City beats Real Madrid. So both have England teams facing Spain teams, Spanish teams, which is interesting. Um, but I do think Manchester City is just better than Real Madrid. Real Madrid, for whatever reason, does really good in the Champions League every year, no matter how bad they are in their own Spanish league. So. <sighs> Yes, they could seemingly somehow beat Manchester City. I just think Manchester City is going to buckle down and win. This tournament means a lot to them. They've never won it. So it means a lot to them. Um, I think they're going to beat Real Madrid. And then they're going to face Manchester City in that Champions League final, which is going to be oh amazing. Like, when abouts is that? That would be also in May, but, like, at the very end of May. So the FA Cup will be first. If Liverpool wins that, then their sights are on the Premier League. Well, it's on the Champions League, which the semifinal starts this week, the first leg. Got to beat Villarreal, but then they don't worry about the final of that until Premier League is over. So if Man City stumbles in the Premier League and Liverpool rides out victories like they should, then they would win the Premier League, and all of a sudden that Champions League final means a treble could be on the way. And that would be awesome. It's very rare for a team to win three, those three major uh, tournaments-slash-season those three major trophies all in the same year. I don't remember the last time it's been done, but it's, it's, I mean, we're talking a long time ago, so it would well, be I'm very really cool. happy
1: for this, this Boston Red Sox ownership group that they have a chance for that.
0: Yeah, I am too. Cause they're not going to win one through the Red Sox. Right. So, I mean, you might as well win it with Liverpool, an actual proud franchise club.
1: <laughs> all right. So
0: ask me, you wanted to ask me
1: something coming off last week's, episode
0: yes thank you for reminding me because i had forgotten patrick and i had said to truly love a sport it's not only important that you have the team that you root for and love but you have to have that team you hate that's part a of this question agree or disagree i I
1: agree with that sentiment you gotta it you gotta have you gotta have you know your your darth vader you gotta have
0: right you gotta have that well, dynamic. I mean, you're Han Solo. I get what you're trying to do, but yeah,
1: you got to have that dynamic. You got to have what you're up against,
0: right? And then part two was, and I think I know how you're going to answer this.
1: You do, but that's fine.
0: But if I told you UVA will never, ever win a national championship in college football, but that also means Virginia Tech will never win a national championship of college football. Would you take it?
1: Nope. Yeah. See, we have the case. We got to put something in it at some point.
0: Oh, well, I mean, we <laughs> don't, but we're not
1: going to, we got to. no, I take more joy. I, I mean, I've lived through a UVA basketball national championship and you know, other than some self-inflicted wounds, I've, I've lived through that. I, I could survive the other God. I hope we could do it before them. I would, I would really like that to be the case. For football, since we're a football school, I would really prefer we could win it first, but no way would I agree to something that kept us from winning a national championship. The Hokies winning a football national championship is the ultimate thing I could have as a fan. I know you were talking about really wanting to see the Orioles win one in your lifetime. I get it. I
0: That's number all, one for me.
1: Yep. I, I get that. And I respect it. And that's awesome. The Hokies win in football is my number one. Like, that matters more than Steelers, Super Bowl titles, um, Pittsburgh Pirates, World Series, everything. That That's my number one. Yeah. So I would not create a situation where that was off the table for me.
0: Okay. And, Unless and- I had taken
1: that million or, you know, what was the, you know, 30 million dollars to never watch sports again then i'll then i'll discuss things. that was a lie <laughs> that was a lie i
0: was the only one that was honest when that question was brought up by the way i know we interviewed a lot of people and they lied too, saying oh heck yeah give me three million dollars i won't watch sports <laughs> liars all of them i love our guests but i mean come on let's be honest <laughs> um yeah and, and I think most yeah. sports I would agree. I think the one I said was if the Caps never win another Stanley Cup, but the Penguins never win another Stanley Cup, I'm cool. Um, uh, I,
1: like, I don't take more joy in UVA losing than I do Virginia Tech winning. Like, I much prefer Virginia Tech winning. Like, and, and as, as great as the 16 beating the one was, and I love that. I'm not saying I don't take any joy. I'm not, I'm not stupid to that. Like, I do take joy in that. But, like,
0: okay, well, let me ask you what I said on that podcast. All right, give me some scenarios and I'll try to answer. Well, let me just ask this question because it's not a future scenario or a hypothetical. Was was UMBC upsetting UVA not your favorite tournament memory of all time?
1: Watching live. Yes, because the Hokies haven't had anything greater. But if they beat Duke to go to that final four Okay, that that's ball, fair. Yeah,
0: that might like, have changed. That, that.
1: would have that would've been it. We were we were mm-hmm. Ahmad uh what was his last name? Ahmad Harris, Ahmad whatever his name was. If he just touches that ball in a yeah. way that puts it in the basket, that game is better. That puts us in the final four and I'm I'm there. I like fair. so fair. so I, I i do say yeah umbc is my favorite tournament win of all of all time but like we we've been right there on the edge of overtaking that with hokey victories so
0: sure and we i just I, haven't done it yet and yeah I, and i hope
1: we can i always seem on a on a trajectory that we can and i have hope for that but um no that was a fun night and now and we were together for that which was really cool mm-hmm. um and my kids ended up being awake. It was really cool, but (laughs) it was, no, it was fun and, and awesome. And, uh, and, and yeah, that was my rival losing, but like, that wasn't just them losing. That was epic failure, you know, and and this is us driving. But that's the
0: thing, like not, not to drive that point home, but that's not to make it UVA specific, but that's how I feel about like all the rivals of the team I love is I want maximum embarrassment for them. Like,
1: so, so, like, you talked about the Yankees losing and, like, you're cheering about the Yankees losing and all that. Like, your ultimate one for that is probably, like, the If the Orioles ever
0: won a World Series, that would trump it. Yes. If the Orioles won a World Series in my lifetime, that would trump right. it. But, but I will say, in that individual even- game, I got more enjoyment out of knowing the Yankees lost than the Orioles won.
1: Yeah, I I don't think I would have like in your shoes at that game the way I approached my my life <laughs> in in contrast to how you do in your fandoms. Like what I'm saying, all sports fandom uh, that's my joke. Uh but uh I just I would take more joy my team winning. Like when we beat UVA in football, I'm not happier that UVA lost. Like no, I'm happy I'm happy Tech won when we beat them.
0: Yeah, I would say in most cases, yes. I would say in most cases, yes, I'm with you there. But I will say it means more when it means to me when we knock UVA out of a bowl game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, see, it's uh, like we've just been better than them in and, football. And So like
0: an example to not, to years, not so drive like, it on okay. UVA. Like, I think it felt better for UNC fans. Not only did they beat Duke in the final four, but it meant they ended Coach K's career. Like, I think that means more. That meant that, yeah, that sure meant more than winning the stuff. national championship. That sure meant more than the national championship. I
1: think if UNC wins a national championship this year, I don't think
0: like, it I don't think I don't think that means part as part much puzzle, as what they did to Coach K.
1: Yeah, but they hang a banner for that national championship. I'd hang a banner, a banner in UNC
0: is- for beating Coach K and ending his career. Well, I not, put R.I.P. It's- Coach it's- K. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's funny, but like, I mean that's not reality. I I don't get more enjoyment over my rival losing than my team winning, and and that's where we differ. And I'm I, again, I don't. I'm not saying I never get any joy from it. I do, but it's just I I would trade it for for positive for my team straight
0: up okay and I I know I know how you felt about the Virginia Tech game the next day when they lost and I had even said as soon as that UVA game ended if Virginia Tech loses in the first round that's okay because this was worth it
1: yeah and I wasn't happy I know I know you didn't share that sentiment
0: you did not share that sentiment and I'm not surprised and so that's why I'm not surprised you answered the hypothetical the way you did but yeah,
1: you guys do. You said it last week, what the way I, and I and that's how I feel. But
0: we're all different. I mean, like, I think,
1: yeah, I just I lean on the positive side. Um This it goes back to that debate we just had a couple weeks ago that it's reoccurring. And, uh you know, Chris Lasseter's points been put out there by mm-hmm. Patrick and uh that like I'd rather be in the game than get no. blown out uh, because like that. I, there's more positive to pull from there. There's no mile between me and the potential victory and all that. And I, I think it's just a more positive way of looking at it. I, that's, and uh, that's just the way I ride.
0: Um, there's probably two factors to this, that, and you're going to probably easily touch on one. But for me, I'm the opposite. Getting swept but, by the Royals, that, that robbed us of a World Series appearance. Um, robbed. You were robbed by a sweep? But, see, and that's the thing. Because we got swept, it's harder for me to be like, well, I don't know. I mean, like, if one game goes different. Like, no, we would have needed four games to go different. Like, we got swept. The Yankees beating us two years before in the ALDS by a run when we got screwed on a home run that hit the foul pole that they called foul, and then that cost us the game, and we didn't end up beating the Yankees and who knows how far that team could have gone. That bothers me more. That hurt more than the sweep of – Against the Royals because it was like, well, you don't like
1: me. I don't know, man. I think that's what I'm here for. I'm for what causes the more emotion. Like I'm here for not if it's pain, the
0: stronger reaction. No, not if it's pain. Not if it's my pain. If it's more my dramatic, enemy's it's pain, more, fine.
1: It's, it's more entertaining, I guess. Even if it's negative.
0: Okay. Well, then I want to ask you this question then. All right? Because this is this is going to go off a levitar debate they had. They're all Heat fans, obviously. And going into the playoffs, they were saying they don't want to face the Nets in the first round. Now, knowing what we know, maybe, uh, yeah. maybe they'd say it's different. But going into the playoffs, they did not want to see the Nets in the first round. Sure. Dan was saying he did because he likes being, quote as he said, I like being scared. I like the games being close and being interesting and they were saying, I want to um. <laughs> cruise through this playoffs and not have any trouble. Like,
1: Yeah, I guess that's a good point, because uh, I think I've said the opposite of what uh, you'd expect me to say based on what I've just said for the last five minutes. Yeah, in the moment, sometimes I don't really like those close games <laughs> when I live and die, uh, and, and those really only apply. Like, my... I used to have it like with the Steelers and, and pro teams. I, I did. Uh, But like, as I've grown up and had more things to worry about, it's just really been restricted to, I am a Hokie. I am a gladiator. So when those teams are in those moments, uh, that's the only time I really get that much rise out of it. And yeah, I, I, I'd rather just whoop somebody's butt (laughs) and not be it stressful down the stretch. Uh, because it's hard, especially announcing, and that's and that's a Riverheads only. It's not like I'm announcing uh, hockey games. For those Riverheads games, when I'm announcing, when they lost that state final, and they could have won the game, uh, they were right in it. Or you know, it was a seven six game. They lost. That was the last time they lost in the playoffs uh, to Galax in 2015, long time ago. I got silent down the stretch of that game on air because, like, I just like I I couldn't produce words like i just wasn't good i like i just got quiet because like it was hard so like announcing especially when i care that much like i do about riverheads because i am a homer i I admit it i try to cover it as best i can when we're on broadcasting but like when it got down to it i was like just you got it chip it was me and him in the booth and i was like you're just gonna have to have this right now because i it was also early in my broadcast i think i could handle that better now um but at that point that Stan high school
0: game would say different but say what that Stanton high school game would say different. When I they talked lost, throughout that when one. They I lost to Jayden. I, at the end, you got real quiet.
1: Oh, I didn't remember it that way, but, uh,
0: I do. Just, Cause it, it's not often that riverheads loses. And so like, it was different.
1: Yeah, I thought I was talking. I, I wish I'd go back and listen to that. Uh, knowing that, but like, even then that's how many years ago is that?
0: Yeah, I mean you're right. But... I mean,
1: like since then, I like, especially this past year, and this is you know. When was the last time here. you
0: had to worry about a Riverheads loss on air, though?
1: That's that's true, but also <laughs> I've done solo broadcasts of Riverheads also football at that time too, to where like no matter even when like Taswell was pushing us in the first game, I called solo. But did you uh, think no,
0: they were going to lose? Like no, that's the I other didn't. thing. See, I didn't,
1: but it was it was losing in halftime and stuff like that, and I I had to roll. So I think yeah. I think I'm more prepared for something like that now. Uh, I it's likely I'll be calling the next time Riverheads lose the football game because it's going to take a really good team, and we tend to cover when Fair. they're playing the really good teams because that's the chance they could lose. And I I, I assume I will handle it better. Probably. Um, I, because – I don't know why, because. I, hopefully I'm better at what I do. <laughs> this yeah. is my strong answer there. But, like, yeah, with those teams that I care about, like, I, I do prefer – a, a wider margin because it's just easier for me to do more than be a fan and it was the one i'm broadcasting and that's that's the case so um that's the opposite of what i said a couple minutes ago i guess is is the honest answer there um but i don't know i guess results oriented when you when you're presenting the question as in results like i i don't know I, i'd still go i i'm never going to change my mind on like i'd rather be closer to who beat me than further away so that i can convince myself yeah here is that play and that play that where i was i could have been better or like that was the difference not i didn't do i wasn't good enough or i wasn't you know our team wasn't prepared enough like i i'd rather be that in my mind that i think we're better if we're here than here that we're, we're not as good like we're better here
0: uh, and I, I disagree because again like the foul pole. I won't forget about that foul pole for as long as I live. Yeah. I won't well, say that kids I won't say that kids name who robbed us of yeah. a world series.
1: And so when it's some kind of external third party thing that gets in the way of your winning, I, I do get your point because it's like but if it's if it's honest competition and I, I just want to be right there. I don't I don't want ever good or bad blowout or close game. I don't want an umpire or a fan impacting the football uh, football baseball basketball sure. game. um so yeah i get your points on those specific things i i want to be as close to my opponent as possible if, if i'm gonna lose i want to have matched them as much as i can
0: yeah and, and i guess it's just the and you know this about me too but the other part of me that's going to go back and like replay that in my head yes. a thousand times to be like, man, what if that went different? What if and I went don't
1: what think what I won't, went but like, I'd, I'd I, like, I don't like
0: doing that. that. It's, I don't, I do it, but I don't like doing it. And I, so I like, I
1: was an impact on it by any means, but I, I think about the last football game I played in with pads on and I, I'd never touched the ball in the game. So I'm not trying to make this more than it was, but like I think about the calls and the plays that were made down the stretch of, um, you know, even what I could have done to make it go different or what, you know, my teammates not blaming them. I mean, I don't look at anybody negatively, oh, but that's like, okay. what could have let's name him. name names. <laughs> they all did the best. Yeah. They did what they were coached to do. We were in a position we did. Exactly. Everybody always debates that about coach Casto, and he's retired now. Uh, everybody debates about the going for two for the win. He was consistent. I mean, the first day of my – I do agree practice, with that, though, yes. He said, I we go for two for the win, and he was consistent about that. I'm not saying I didn't hear him say he might question that <laughs> down after how many times it failed for him. I don't know if he was ever successful with it. I think it, it failed him every time. But he w- he said it before it ever became a situation, months ahead of it. And then when it came up – I mean, uh, my first varsity practice, he said it. Three years later, I'm a senior on the last game, and it and that's that's the only time it bit me as a player. I, it was what he said. It was what he so I'll take it. And we he put us in a play that could have worked. It didn't. The other team stopped it. And it wasn't, you know, it was some crazy crap. It was a football play that Riverheads is used to run in and it just didn't work. So I don't know. I don't regret it. It just but I do wonder like what could we have done to score sooner? What could I have stock blocked that cornerback? And got us a touchdown sooner to where it wasn't under a minute when that happened. You know, like you think about stuff like that. I'd rather have that personally than man. We got rocks by fifty.
0: I will say this: I would rather, I would rather my coach or the team that I'm rooting for go for two in that situation and lose than kick an extra point and extend the game.
1: Steelers last year.
0: Yeah, but it's the right call. It's the right (laughs) call. You have a chance to make sure the other team doesn't see the ball again. That's the right call.
1: I'd rather be in that position to make that right call than be losing my 50.
0: Yeah, maybe. I guess I see that side. I do see that. But I will say as a fan, it stings a lot less when I lose my 50.
1: Yeah, because you can give up at halftime.
0: Yep. You can can start accepting This year,
1: it's a lot easier to
0: deal with Orioles baseball this year than when we got swept by the Kansas City Royals. I, I or know lost it to the Yankees or had Zach Britton on the bench and watched Jose Batista put a ball into the moon.
1: I know it wasn't a championship, but it was a big game. And when Danny Cole caught that ball against Michigan, that could have been a big win for the Hokies. And uh, mm, that, that one sucked. burned. And I still yeah. think about that play. I, I don't tear apart, you know, going down to LSU and losing by 50 like we did. I don't, right. <laughs> you know, I don't, I think about the general experience, but I don't think about plays in that game because I could barely see them from how high we were sitting. But, yeah, I i don't know. I think more about those tough losses and close losses than I do those wide-open ones, and I guess I like them better, too.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's because I'm a fan of a team that is just... dis. Most of my teams disappoint me on a regular basis. So, like, outside of the Ravens, um, I'm used to my team failing me. And so, I...
1: The Hokies Want to ran minimize high that pain? For a good long time. It's been recent that they've been down.
0: Yeah, but then they but would lose the BCS bowl game that really mattered.
1: Five to twenty oh nine. Yeah, they, but then they, they would
0: gone. lose the BCS game that really mattered. Yeah, lose we won Kansas. one. It was against Cincinnati. <laughs> was uh, I mean? We also played in the worst bowl game ever with Rutgers. That was a bowl game that honestly they should have told both teams at halftime, you lost the game. Get the hell out of here and never come back.
1: I don't know, man. That Cal game against Aaron Rodgers when we couldn't even like kick off inside the field.
0: That was bad, oh. but at least Cal was good in that game. The Rutgers game that we won, nobody was good.
1: Mm-hmm. We sucked. Go Rutgers sucked more.
0: Games. There's been some bad bowl games. No, not like that. The TV announcers even commented. I think uh, I remember the TV announcer even saying, like, this is a bad game. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it well, is Rutgers a bad Rutgers is
1: game. involved. I mean, my goodness, what do you want?
0: Well, that was, I think, before they were Rutgers. But now they're going to be, they you know, Greg Schiano's back. The birthplace of college football. That's right. They they're the best team because no one can do better than the original. That's what you taught me. <laughs> so... um <laughs> That'll do it for it. Well, no one's
1: better at inventing basketball than James Naismith.
0: So, let's well, see. There you go. That's that's your take on it. I disagree, but that's your take on it. So yep. that's the, the person approach. that
1: invented the story of Christmas Carol. Like someone can't
0: invent it. Also, no, but they can do it better than they did. Tell the same story. They can do it better than they did, which the Jim Henson and the <laughs> Muppets did. So. Um, that's why I'm right and Leland's wrong, but we'll go ahead and leave it at that. And that will do it for us on this week's episode of the exports podcast. We thank you I'll for listening. How the state doing? <laughs> Let's bring them all up. <laughs> well, that's going to end the podcast, but forever, <laughs> but um, that will, we'll go ahead and Let's not get into that debate here. And then we'll have an episode next week. So subscribe to Podbean, Google podcasts, Spotify, however you listen to podcasts, Apple podcasts, make sure you don't miss the next episode of the Sports podcast, which the way Leland's talking right now, which, well, I mean, the way he's talking right now, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Um, (laughs) Maybe you won't. (laughs) One of us won't be if Leland keeps talking um, because the other one's going to kill the other one, but um, one of us is going to kill the other one, but uh, until then. So yeah, subscribe to see which one of us survives the fight uh, to end all fights on the podcast. But until then, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sports podcast. I'm interested in what our listeners feel. Jeff Wright, what do you think on both of those questions? He cut this
1: off as soon as we brought up UMBC. He's like, I'm out.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, I'm hoping he eventually turns it back on and gets to this part. But what do you think about my philosophy of to really follow and be passionate about a sport? Not only do you have to have the team you love, but you also have to have the team you hate. And then also would you trade Virginia never winning a national football champion a uh, national championship in football for Virginia tech, never winning a national championship in football? I'm curious to your answer. This I answer can go tech. to whatever teams apply for you and your chief rival to our listeners. I want to know your answers. I
1: don't think Jeff hates tech as much as we hate UVA or as much as I do.
0: I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, I only know think. how I feel. And I know that I don't like the Yankees. That is the team I hate more than anyone in the world. Um, And I mean what I said there. Um, Red Sox are a close second, but Yankees are one. That's all I know. But until then, folks, and that's not to say, like, if you're a Yankee fan, I hate you as a person. Like Like we said. I know some your fans you do, but just not. Yeah. Guaranteed. If it's the only thing I know about you, I <laughs> I'm going to not like you, but chances are I've gotten to know you. If you listen to this podcast and I, there are things I like about you. And so we are friends, but until then for all of my friends, even the Yankee fan ones enjoy the rest of your week. We will be back with more Augusta County high school sports talk and NHL playoff previews next week. Stanley Cup playoffs, the best playoffs there are, Leland. Until then, folks, have a great week and good night. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.